Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Phenomenal Pipe Bop. I can't talk. I can never say it right the first time around. Phenomenal Pipe Bomb Podcast. Uh, Corey G, joined always by Chris W. We might as well start off like we did last week. Let's get, not the cheap pop, but let's get the cheap plug. Cheap plugs, yes, the cheap plugs. Uh, if you guys don't know me, Chris Woods, I'm a, also a, not only a huge wrestling fan, but I'm a huge horror fan and also a horror filmmaker. My company's called The Sleaze Box. If you go to www.thesleazebox.com, we have a bunch of movies there, like American Holocaust, Scumbags, Naughty, Dirty, Nasty, Descort Service. And soon we will have my latest film, Chaos AD. It'll get its wide release this October. Actually, pre-orders start very soon. They're going to start the first week of October. The film will probably be available right around Halloween, like third week of October, fourth week. But all those details will be coming soon. Um, but the lot of the KSAD is being a lot of good rave reviews all over the place. Uh, you know, it's some people have already purchased it through my Indiegogo campaign. Um, and uh, I also want to thank people that contributed to that campaign. It was successful, and those people will be getting their copies very soon. Also, I've been at a couple conventions locally in Florida. Uh, that people picked up copies there. Also, there's Grindhouse Video in Tampa, Florida, that has it for sale. So some so limited places in, in Florida, Tampa Bay area have it. But it'll be uh, ready for wild, 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 not wild release, but wild, wide release uh, uh, October this this year. And just go to www.thesleazebox.com, check it out. You know, a lot of cool stuff there. And uh, American Holocaust scumbags are both highly recommended. If you go to uh, our page, you know, of course, to the film review section, I've reviewed both of those movies in both outstanding reviews. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah. uh, one thing I'm going to say is we are going to be joined a little bit later by uh, Zach James, who's going to be here, a uh, local indie wrestler, going to be promoting uh, an upcoming PWP Live show here where I live to discuss. Uh, their big October 1st card with uh, Al Snow, the man with the head, who I just got to see on the new uh, hardcore release of uh, WWE. That's a pretty good DVD Blu-ray, by the way, I should say, if you haven't picked that up yet. I, I, I looked at the the, the, what the first look they have on uh, the network, and um, they give kind of, they got Mick and Rob Van Dam and Raven sitting down in like an empty warehouse talking and stuff. It looks, it looks like a good DVD. It looks like... Yeah, I, I haven't watched like all the documentary part. Well, they just kind of talk before each thing in the matches, but I you know, I went and watched all those. They have a lot of those Crash Holly ones there, you know, where he got jumped at the circus by the yeah. Main Street Posse and stuff like yeah. that. I wanted to watch those again. Those are those are classic. The hardcore title days. Those were you know, some good good times there. Good times. Before but, concussions, uh, when getting hit in the head was funny. Yeah, exactly. That's when, like, if you well, this wasn't a hardcore. Well, it was hardcore, but went out for the hardcore title. If you look at Mick Mick Foley or Mankind versus The Rock, a Royal Rumble. Oh. Oh, man. There was so many. They didn't worry about concussions back then. No, and now, um, well, you know, I wonder, being with concussions, everybody knows that CM Punk had his first fight um, the other day. And as I predicted, well, it wasn't a big prediction. The whole world predicted it. He he got beat. Uh, I wonder if he has any kind of head injuries there. He got hit in the head off a lot for those whole two minutes. But uh, the two things I found funny is he set a record for having no punches landed 
no takedown attempts, uh, no attempts, keep in mind, nothing. He, he scored zero on everything, but, uh, it was revealed today that he got 500 grand for the fight, 250 grand for Reebok sponsorship, and he'll get a cut of the gate, so that was a million dollar beating he took. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a CM Punk fan. Uh, I like him. Um, you know, I mean, and I saw, you know, I didn't order the fight, but obviously, you know, you know, on YouTube, you can watch, you know, watch it because it's only a couple minutes long. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, he got beat. Um, but I was watching also the pre- his press conference, which he was kind of getting emotional a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, I like, I like, I like the guy. I like the guy. I'm always a fan. I've always been a fan of him and. Um, you know, whatever, whatever makes him happy, whatever he wants to do, you know, I mean, I can see him coming back, I don't know, to UFC, but maybe some other MMA organization or something. I don't know, you know. I see him coming back to the WWE. You never know, never say never. I mean, you know, I can see him back there eventually, you know, um, you never know. But, uh, you know, I wish him well. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm a fan of his. So um, I was watching his documentary on F. What was it? Fox Sports One. Oh yeah, like making a punk or something Evolution, like that. Evolution of punk. Evolution of punk. Very good, very good. It was four. I think it was a four parter. Um, to watch that it was very, very good. A good insight to him and everything. But no, I, you know, I, I like him. I like him. Whatever anyone says about him, I like him. I like the guy. I wonder if he's really mad at Dana White because, you know, there was another fight after him, so he didn't get to headline this. And, you know, that's where his hatred was. He didn't get to headline a WrestleMania. Fucking, I know. Fucking Mark. I, I'm sure he figured he wasn't going to headline since it was his very first MMA match. I mean, it was it was already high profile anyways, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he didn't care about that. But, you know, he, hey, like you said, he got a million-dollar beating. He got paid. I mean, he he did, you know. I wonder if Ryback was watching that fight, laughing. <laughs> Probably, I'm sure he was. Ryback, who who now hosts his own podcast. Yeah, and actually, I checked out one of the first episodes. Very good podcast, very insightful. Uh, a lot but of it's things. it's not as good as ours. No, oh yeah, of course not, of course not. We should we should invite Ryback to our podcast and talk about. It. <laughs> I have it, I have invited him on several occasions. He somehow <laughs> yeah. doesn't answer me. Hasn't returned your phone call. No. So, but um, but yeah. So so real. I mean, this episode we're going to talk about WCW and stuff. Oh, if you want to recap quick, some stuff from Backlash or something. Because I think the last time we we we, we did a uh, podcast was right after SummerSlam. So a couple things happened after that. Was Kevin Owens is the new Universal Champion, um, which is. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy with that, especially the swerve job with Triple H turning on, you know, Seth Rollins. And I stuff. hated that. You know, I liked it. I mean, I um, I thought it was, I don't know, to me, I liked it. But what, why? How come you? How come you didn't like? I didn't like that Triple H had to insert himself into there. He's he's not needed, but I, I would like to, him to give an explanation. My guess is that it's because Seth Rollins is always hugging his wife. <laughs> yeah, I just I, think it, I just think it makes Owens. But when I say it makes Owens look weak, it's not like that he needed help. He looks strong enough in that aspect. But mm-hmm. it, it, to me, it's just like he didn't need it because now the storyline doesn't focus on Kevin Owens. It's Seth Rollins. 
it focuses more now on what did Rollins, you know, what did Triple H have to do with that? Yeah. And yeah. then they now they're inserting Roman Reigns back into it, and I I don't want yeah, that. I'm not happy with that. Um, I thought he would because like I mean I liked it because it was a cool swerve. Um, and it also it's a, it's definitely now Seth Rollins is like a face on uh, now. Um, but yeah, I can see what you mean. Like it doesn't, you know. I mean, but there's I don't know. There's been other times where people have won titles versus you know even like Triple H first won his first title. I think there was some shenanigans and stuff going on with something helped them win the title. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some explanation why he turned on him, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like the fact that Roman Reigns is, I mean, hopefully <clears throat> now they're doing the same thing that smack, they're copying SmackDown because SmackDown did the same thing with Dolph and AJ. Cause they're like, if Dolph beats AJ, he gets to be in the match too. But obviously AJ beat him. Yeah. But, but I'm hoping, like, oh, man, I'm going to have to see a triple threat with Seth and Kevin Owens and Reigns. I don't think Reigns is going to get the title. Uh, I think they're still punishing him. I think, you know, he's maybe, you know, maybe maybe Rusev, you know, I, I see Rusev coming out and screwing over Reigns to, uh, tonight on Raw. Um, and, you know, because you still got to – you still open like there's they still had that massive fight. It's I mean not I want to call it a massive fight because it wasn't. It was just like you know whatever. There wasn't no match. It was very disappointing because they didn't have a match at SummerSlam. But you know they you know there's still unanswered questions. Roman Reigns was beating the hell out of Rusev. Rusev got carted out, or whatever. So and there really wasn't you know it's like they got to hopefully they they stick Rusev back in and he interferes. Cost him a match, and he can have Rusev and Reigns at Clash of Champions. Um, in a cage. In a cage, and yes, in a cage. Um, but I don't know. But but then, uh, you know, la- okay, last night at, ba- at Backlash, you know, which it wasn't, you know, like, it, it was more like a Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was a... They they did the most with what they had to work with, but it was yeah. some of the matches, and I think it was because well, I can't even say it was because Orton got pulled, but some of those matches it was such a short card. They they mm-hmm. some of them guys wrestled matches way longer than they needed to be. Yeah, and and here's another thing. Now it's like there's too, there's going to be too many pay per views. Oh yeah, there's what two weeks is Clash of the Champions. Yeah, and like I'm going to get to a point where. I'm not gonna have time to watch these, and I'm gonna have to like just skim through them, and just because it's just too much, it's just nineteen you know, a year now. You know, that's just like, and you know, it's gonna they're gonna they're gonna that's not gonna last. They're gonna realize like, you know, but but then it, they're not going by pay per view buy rates anymore. If it was a pay, they're straight pay per views. It would be by the buy rates, and that's why they stopped back in the day. The exclusive. SmackDown and Raw ones because they realized, well, you know, SmackDown's not getting as much money as the Raw ones because people don't care about the people on SmackDown and then they blended them together. But now since this with a net this this with the network, it's a flat fee and they're not gonna you know, I'm sure they can tell by how many people are watching, you know, which program and stuff and they'll know like after a year they'll know, well, you know, 
then again, though, you figure if you're running, it's your network. They can do anything they want. And especially, if, you know, pay-per-views cost a lot more to go to. So if you're doing two a month, that's, you know, they're running like he should have when he bought WCW. He's running multiple venues, you know, multiple cities, different tours. Yeah. So they're, they're making money with that. Yeah, with the going, you know, but, you know, and then, yeah, like people, it's a flat weight for the network. So they get the money no matter what. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it may be great for some people. I mean, it's still not, it's not a bad, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's just too much wrestling. And you got to like sit down and figure out, you know, they should, I mean, I was glad it was a shorter pay-per-view. It wasn't as long as like the other ones. And now like they're, there wasn't an epic four-hour one like SummerSlam. Well, it felt it though. It did, yeah, it did feel long, but you know, but you know, real quick, you know, like I'm happy AJ won the belt. Um, you know, that's cool. They gave him, and to give a, uh, it's always good to see a non-Vince homegrown guy win the world title. Um, Especially because Vince always had that logic of I can't have that other guy because. If he beats up my guy, then their company looks better, which is really stupid. But, you know, he, yeah. he had that logic for so long. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's not like, I mean, you had Ric Flair, you had Goldberg, you had Booker T, you had a number of guys from different places win world titles, um, but, you know, weren't really utilized that well. But, you know, it, that, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like, you know, and AJ, you know, He's, he's a good wrestler, you know, it's like utilize him, they're utilizing him good. I'm just hoping that Cena doesn't come back and beat him for the title. That would suck. Because AJ's such an awesome wrestler, you figured the matches that he had with Cena were, were both fantastic. The match, Roman Reigns sucks. AJ had carried him to two good matches. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, he's the right guy to have as a champ, same for why I would have Rollins or even Owens to that point, they can carry someone into a really good match. Someone that's not as good, they can make them look good. Yeah, but hopefully they'll have he'll have some good matches with some other guys and stuff. But um... WWF's fallen into that trap though of, you know, I'm not saying like like Owens and Sami Zayn. Okay, their matches are great, but. I can't watch him fight all the time. Let's bring somebody new in. Even like tonight uh, on Raw, I don't know if you saw it, but they had the chance for either Bailey or Dana Brooke to win to face Charlotte, and Sasha Banks won. It's I've seen them fight. I'm sure it'll be a good match, but I've seen it. Let's get let have let's have Bailey win. How do you know Bailey won't have a better match than Sasha did? They they're kind of relying on because those matches are so praised in some cases that they. They keep doing them constantly. Does anyone care about Sheamus and fucking Cesaro best no, of seven? Yeah, I think that's the. It's like this best of seven. It's like, but it's not even for anything really. It's not. It's like it's for to see if Mick is going to look at you and think, "Hey, you're championship material." It's not like for anything. It's not for a title. It's not for an opportunity to get a title shot. It's just kind of there, and let's see what they're gonna do. Um, with it, um, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, like, like I think, yeah, like you said, like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they have great matches, but I don't want to see them wrestle all the time. That's why I was so surprised that they're on the same brand, because they were building up the, that last match was at Battleground, like, that's just their last, the end of the feud, and I figured, 
well, that's right before the draft. Um, it, it was one of the – it was either – I don't know. I forget which pay-per-view it was. But it was like – I was like right before the draft, and I was thinking, okay, these guys are going to be on different brands because you're not going to see them wrestle for, again for a real long time. But I fought last week. Yeah, I know. It's just like – yeah, so it's kind of like, yeah, I'm this like I used to get sick of seeing like Orton and Del Rio wrestle, it's like or 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 Ambrose and Bray Wyatt. How many times do you have to see them wrestle? I never thought that um, Del Rio was that good. To be honest with you, he, oh, was, I never, al- I he was always meaningless to me. Good guy, bad guy. I never cared about him. I never he he was a guy like. And I'm not a big Randy Orton fan either. I mean, I like him. No, I'm not either. I mean, I can take him or leave him kind of. He's like a take him or leave him guy. But, like, I remember, like, Orton and, Orton and Del Rio, like, that's the worst matchup because I don't care about any of those guys. That's like go-to-the-bathroom match to me. <laughs> well, even when they brought Del Rio into Lucha Underground when he was Alberto El Patron, he didn't do nothing for me there either. Oh, uh, I'm not a fan of him. I never was. Uh, I don't know why they made him a big deal. Um, I mean, now he's gone from the company again. Yeah, he'll and, be back. Yeah, he'll probably, hopefully, he'll, he'll probably make an appearance on Lucha Underground. <laughs> well, at least not this season because I think they taped everything. Um, but famous B could bring him out next season. Yeah, I know exactly. He could be their his new client. You know, speaking of Lucha Underground, you know that that's that's my favorite wrestling show, and that you know that came back last week. Mm-hmm. I don't like that Rey Mysterio is going over these people. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he he beat uh, you know Pentagon. I mean, and and yeah, yeah, it's like he shouldn't because one, he's the veteran guy. He should have the young guys beat him. And Mysterio has nothing to prove. You know that match was good too. Yeah, yeah, he gives a good match. Yeah, like yeah, but the uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get that either. I don't, I don't know why. You know, though, yeah, he's they're putting him over and not their and their guys, I should say, their homegrown guys. Um, I want to know who or what that thing is that uh, bailed Dario out of the pen. Oh, <laughs> who knows? I liked how Honky Tonk Man made an appearance. That was awesome. I just like when he's handing him everything: one wallet, black water, one big key. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Was- that you know but uh yeah so but uh but yeah i mean and going back to back one one more thing just backlash because really it's not worth talking about much because it's just the mat the thing was whatever uh big congrats to becky lynch winning the women's title the smackdown women's title you know she just definitely deserves it She's one of my favorites, so I just got to say that. She's my favorite. My favorite woman's wrestler is probably Sexy Star, but in WWE, it it's definitely yeah. is Becky Lynch. Yeah, my, mine is definitely on my I'm a, a Sasha Banks mark, so, you know, I like... She's my favorite, but Becky's my second, you know. Uh, my girl Paige isn't on. Who knows if she's coming back? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think her pale ass left with Del Rio. Yeah, I, I see. I like they. They. I don't know. That's a, that's a that's a topic for another show. But it's like they messed. They messed. It's probably more her fault. It looks like it's probably you know I don't know I wasn't there but you know because they were she was there a year ago she was their it girl because she was on like 
they're stupid total divas. She was in that movie with the Miz, a Christmas movie, and then she was like the judge at Tough Enough. Like she was everywhere, and they were pull, they were pushing her in angles, and then like she got hurt. She had a, like a concussion. She, she was off TV, and they were pushing. That's when they started really pushing Sasha and Charlotte, and then Becky, and then she really didn't rebound from that, and then she was either hurt again, and she got suspended, and you know, so uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's probably mainly her fault for just being maybe a brat, but I don't know. But I like her. I thought she was a good. I think what ruined her cred was being on Total Divas because she was supposed to be the anti diva. Yeah, my wife watches that, and, and I stumble in, you know, every now and again, or I'll look up if I'm reading a comic or something. That that's more scripted than the, than the wrestling. Oh, yeah, it's totally scripted, and I it's a it, to me it's a guilty pleasure show because it's like if it's involved wrestling, and so it's like you know I watch it for research. <laughs> Thing, I don't I don't need to watch Daniel Bryan start a farm. Yeah, and then I don't know I, I don't know if I could stomach the uh, uh, Total Bellas show. I hate John Laurinaitis. Oh, I, I, I can't then, watch him in anything. I check it out because that that show is shot entirely in Tampa because that's where Cena's house is. So, so you have a pretty nice house. One of these days, I might try to track down that house. It's, it's probably got to be easy to spot. I'm assuming it's, it's big. It's in a, a place called Land of Lakes, which is in like north of Tampa. It's like on the outskirts of Tampa. Which it's that's mainly like farmland, so it's out in like in the country area. So, um, but it's uh, it's it's you know it's up there. Um, but a lot but of yeah, those guys live out out in Florida. I yeah, think. a lot of them live in my area that I live. So, um, you know, and I've I've like I saw like I remember seeing I, I met Chris Jericho a couple times. Uh, I saw him this past year when I was uh, going on uh, when I was in TIA Tampa International Airport. He was going. We were on the same flight, actually. Uh, he was in first class, of course. He was like flying a little, you know, somewhere. But uh, look at yeah. how many people you could invite on this show just by walking around your town. I know. I could be like, "Hey, you want to come on the podcast?" I'd be like, uh, "You never know." They, I think. I think. All kidding aside, I think the WWE guys they have to clear it with WWE. They do. Yeah, they can't just. But but there's a lot of in, you know there's a lot of indie guys um, that are not. You know, X Pac lives here. Um, that's not you know the people are not affiliated. There's a lot of people. Lanny Poffo. Oh, um, I wouldn't want to talk to him. <laughs> he might be interesting just to hear about Macho Man's stories, but you know. I'd like to hear about X Pac. I want to hear about the porn he did with China. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I yeah. watched that several times. Um, I I seen part. I think parts online, but that's about it. I was like, uh, I always had a crush on her. She was yeah. One thing I, I regret this because um, she was I, I I saw I didn't meet her but she was I mean at this past Days of the Dead in Atlanta she was uh, she was there she was one of the guests and my the table that I had was literally like not not that far from her so like the whole weekend you know she's walking around I you know walk past her and stuff I didn't get her autograph because these stars were charging way too much money. I paid forty bucks just to have a picture taken with my own phone with Ric Flair. Well, that's worth it, though. It, it is worth it, and that is it's, worth. It's Ric Flair. It is Ric Flair, but also I didn't get his autograph because that would be another forty bucks. 
Yeah, they kind of fuck you on that. Yeah, they do. So I was kind of like, I had a bad taste in my mouth just to get anyone else's autograph. It was Lando Chris. Billy D. Williams was there, too. He was charged like 50 Same kind of deal. Like, it was usually if it's like 50 okay, you get a picture, you get an autograph. But it was like, no, picture only, and then another 50 for the autograph, whatever. So I didn't get her autograph, and then she, she died, you know, months later. So I kind of like, oh, man, you know, I should have like at least talk to her and I could at least say, well, I met her before she died and stuff. So, I don't know. but, I don't know. but, uh, oh, well, what are you going to do? That's true. Yeah. But, uh, so anyway, so yeah, our, our main talk, so our main talking for today's show is WCW. Yeah. A lot of people have been asking for us to talk about WCW. I think people are nostalgic. They miss it. And, you mm-hmm. know, uh, takes of what caused its death. Everybody has its own theory of why it died. I think, in all actuality, all kidding aside, I think the main factor is when AOL bought it, when Bischoff went to buy it, there was no TV deal. So a wrestling company without TV, in all actuality, is pretty worthless. It is, yeah. <laughs> Look at TNA when they almost lost their TV. You know, when they had to jump networks, if they didn't get a network deal with, you know, this last uh, network pop TV, they would have died too. And same thing with ECW. They have ECW too. Um, Look, everybody but, wants TNA now. They 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 just did Deleter Decay. Yeah, oh, exactly. That was such amazing shit. I mean, it was even more spectacular than than Final Deletion. Delete, yeah. I got Matt Hardy is entertaining, but we'll have to do a TNA show. He's posting wanted picture, missing <laughs> photos for Senor Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, there is some entertaining shit. So, but but yeah, oh, well, okay. We want to go uh, with WCW, okay? So, 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 Corey. So, what was your first experiencing watching WCW? Like, when did you start watching WCW? Oh, when, when I was a, a little kid, you know, five oh five, TBS <laughs> back when it was still, yeah, NWA, and that was the first, you know, because McMahon shows were. I mean, they were all job matches too. They were in the big arenas where this was job matches in a studio, but the yeah. interviews. I was like, and I hated the, how they'd always show you clips of what happened, but you know, you never saw those actual shows. They never aired marquee yeah. matches then. But I even knew then, as a little kid, that you know the, these interviews were are better. And the, even when it was before Hulk Hogan, when it was still WCW, before it got really bad, like Man, the Dangerous Alliance, and you know everything, Rick Rude, Dustin Rhodes, and all that stuff, they were always the better wrestling company. Of the, in my opinion, they always had the better quality matches. They had more talented people over there. Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, I kind of didn't really start watching WCW till later on. I mean, really later on, not like maybe right before. I think as Hogan, like in '94, I would say, because it was just I don't know. Like I think I had like I was just was really watching WWF, but then um, I kind of like started really watching you know because I really really started really getting into wrestling in, in like the 90s more than the 80s because I watched it a little bit in the 80s as a kid but then really I think later on uh, when I was like a teenager late teen I really started getting into wrestling because a lot of my friends you know liked it and then got me into it um, so then I started watching yeah I started watching WCW Saturday night you know on, on uh, TBS 505 yep and you know, it was, it was, you know, so, uh, so I remember, you know, I remember why I, I think 
right before Macho Man uh, left there, I started or left WWF and went to WCW. I was watching it, and then I was seeing like Flair, you know, kind of first watching Flair, you know, because I, you know, now I've I've gone back and you know like on the WWE Network and watched some old stuff and from DVDs and you know the old Mid Atlantic stuff and all that. Um, but but yeah, was, you know, just watch, you know, and that's when you know me. They had Mean Gene. They had all like the old WWF guys and Bobby Keenan. Um, and then, um, you know, I saw, and I was never a big Hogan fan, you know, like, it was just like, okay, Hogan's there, and they were trying to, you know, it seemed like they were trying to recreate the Hulkamania. Oh, um, they were redoing his feuds. Yeah. And, you know, but they, one thing, they gave the match that WWE never gave, or never gave on a big scale, was Flair versus Hogan. Yeah, it was at that Bash of the Beach show. Yep, the Bash of the Beach, where Hogan beat him, and stuff. And then if you go back, you know, like there's always that that's like the one. I mean, there's a lot of unanswered questions of why this happened or why this didn't happen. And uh, they're really when they ask why, you know, because the big match at WrestleMania eight was supposed to be Hogan versus Flair. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I liked it better because I'm a Macho Man fan. That was Macho Man and Flair. Well, plus, you knew Mach and Flair were going to have a better match. Yeah. And I think, you know, no, like, no one kind of, from what I heard of the rumors, like, no one says, like, this is why this didn't happen. I heard that it was, like, it was either, either Flair didn't want to go over with Hogan or something, or or something, or, or something. I even heard, like, they had, you know, on a house show they wrestled, and the match wasn't that great um, at a house show. Um, they had them wrestle each other because they did wrestle, but just not on a, any pay per view. But they wrestled like on house shows. And, I find it hard to believe though that Ric Flair would have a bad match. I don't know. Maybe well, probably Hogan had a bad match and Flair was, was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, I I don't know. That's that was one of the rumor. That was one of the rumors I heard why they didn't. They like looked at that match and a house show and it was just like, oh, this is it, and they didn't do it. But who knows? And then I heard, you know, it was egos or whatever. I don't know. It was like I said, it was one of those things that they. I think on the Monday Night Wars they might have talked about it a little bit, or on some other one of the shows on the network they kind of they glant. They no, never, no one ever gave a, a direct answer of why. You know, if they asked Hogan, Hogan's like, well, yeah, I wanted it to happen. He asked Flair, he's like, yeah, I wanted it to happen, but it's like, you know, who knows. Uh, it's one of those, like I said, one of those unanswered questions. But WCW, that's one of the things. Like they bitched off, like I gave them that match and stuff, and you know, and then and then they wrestled constantly in WCW. Um, but uh, but then I, I liked how, and then I then I remember Macho. I remember when Macho Man left WWF, like when he was no longer, like you know, commentating. And I remember Vince saying, you know. We wish him well, and you know he says, "I'm you know Macho Man's no longer here," and you know, I was like, "Oh man!" And then I remember Macho Man showed up on a Saturday, one of the WCW Saturday night, and it was like right before Starcade eight ninety four, and uh, he like, I think it was like alluded to, is either he's gonna help Hogan or or slap him out and give him the boots. Yeah, and he, 
And Savage left. I think his was just a simple fact. He still wanted to be an active wrestler, and McMahon didn't want him, which, to me, that was dumb. I, I like Savage, but he was a shitty commentator. <laughs> I mean, I like anything Macho Man. It didn't matter. But, but yeah, I think, you know, because Macho Man was, like, in his early 40s. Yeah, he wasn't like, but McMahon was, that's when he had your Sean and your Diesel and all that. He was pushing that younger crowd. Yeah, and, you know, Undertaker and Lex. And, yeah, he was the new, gen, it was the new generation um, era. And, uh, yeah, he, he told them, because uh, Macho Man had this, and this is in the Macho Man doc uh, that I got, um, talks about how Macho Man came up with this whole few that he wanted to have with Shawn Michaels. Like a year-long program, too. Yeah, and Shawn, and, you know, he was, he was going to put over Shawn, and because and he thought that to recapture the, I guess, the greatness of the Steamboat Savage match, WrestleMania three, he said the only person Savage felt that he could top that match would, would be Shawn Michaels. And I think that would definitely would have. Um, oh, I would have loved to see them. Yeah, that, I would have loved it too. Because Sean's one of my favorite, Macho's one of my favorites, and Sean is one of my favorites too. So, so you know, and uh, yeah, he had that thing, and Vince said nope. <laughs> and you know, he had that angle with Crush and all that, and uh, you know, yeah, Vince just said he wanted Vince was, you know, he wanted to. He seemed like he wanted to break ties with anything from Hulkamania that era. Like, cause there's no Roddy, no Warrior, no Hogan, no no Savage, um, and he had all these the new guys, um, you know. And you know, he felt if you're old, you know, it, it's not like now. There seems to be more love for nostalgia, so they always love to throw in nostalgia acts and stuff. And you know, yeah. Now Randy would be the commissioner. Yeah, now yeah, exactly. Cena wouldn't be wrestling. Yeah, Cena would be the commission. Yeah, he he'd be like the yeah the or Cena would be a commentator or something. You know, it would be like you know yeah, but you know, but yeah, and Savage definitely still had you know at least ten more years in him. Oh, even toward the end of his run there, that feud he had with DDP was great. Oh yeah, it was excellent. It was a and that was know, in by all standards that was two old men. I know, because DDP was up there, because DDP started wrestling when he was 30 years old. So yeah, he, and he was, I think, 40-something at the time. He, Savage yeah, was clearly like, upper 40s. Yeah, yeah. so, so I mean, Macho Man had a, a, a decent, I'd say decent run in WCW. He had some, you know, not as good as the WWF run, but of course, but... All those um, old bastards got a chance to shine. Piper? Piper did, oh yeah. Hey, they brought back everybody. Honky Tonk Man was over there. They, yeah. uh, Earthquake, Ming, everybody. You know, Repo Man and all that. But um, there was a match. Uh, speaking of Repo Man, he's Blacktop Bully and Dustin Dustin Rhodes. I love that match. King of the Road, <laughs> you're gonna say, aren't you? Yeah. I love that match. That was a yeah. I remember seeing parts of that. Um. But uh, that was an interesting concept. I never understood. That was at their uncensored pay-per-view where I remember they did like three or four of them and it was always like, these matches are all unsanctioned. WCW can't have anything to do. We don't know what kind of injuries could happen. There could be a death. It's like, okay, so it's a completely unsanctioned pay-per-view. How could you have your titles on the line? I know, exactly. <laughs> it was just a gimmick, of course. You know. But... um. 
then if you like, okay, fast forward into like when um, Nitro started, the night when uh, WCW Nitro. Um, so yeah, like okay, like so well, like okay, what, what was your reaction? Like where were you when you first watched Nitro? Did, did you watch? I watched it live because if you remember, Raw was preempted that night. I think it was yeah. tennis. That was when McMahon was really getting fed up with the USA at the time because yeah. I was getting bumped for it was either tennis or the dog show. Exactly. Yeah. And. And WCW, you know, I am all of America, so Hogan could promote Pasta Mania, but yeah, Pasta, I remember Pasta Mania. <laughs> but you know, it's you know, everybody's like, and Luger came down, and that was so shocking. I don't remember. I mean, I remember that, but that didn't mean nothing to me. I just remember I'm watching this fucking show open with uh, Brian Pillman fighting Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, I, I watched it live as well. I was in, uh, I think it was, it was I was I was that's when I first moved to Florida. Um, and uh, went to school. I was at University of Tampa. I was actually in uh, my girlfriend at the time. This is back, you know, well, 1995 when their dorm room was. I didn't have a TV. I didn't, you know, it was bare, pretty much bare bones. Didn't have much, and it was just like I, I, I buy, uh, like he was. That was a that was a sad time. Well, sad time for me with wrestling because because I didn't have TV. Didn't have so I had to find a I had to find a place to watch wrestling. And thank God there were there was somebody on my floor that that liked wrestling as well because this is back in the day when no one liked wrestling. No, it still hadn't really hit yet. It was after the Hulkamania and before Attitude Era, so this is the mid '90s. So, and I realized when I went to t- move to Tampa that there was a lot of you know wrestlers. That's Hogan lived here, and you know a lot. It was it was it was a wrestling town, but still like it wasn't with you know young adults. It wasn't you know it was something like. You watch as a kid. You didn't, you know, and I was like 22 years old. Um, so I was able to get, you know, luckily Raw was preempted for a couple weeks because that gave me time. You know, that's when I moved down here and started college and stuff, or at least started college in, in, in Florida because I was already been in community college in New York. But, um, but yeah, I have, you know, there's a lot of wrestling I missed. Um, I was able to still watch Raw and, and Nitro. Um, ECW, I kind of had a fine here and there. But anyways, um, but yeah, I watched it in uh, my girlfriend at the time's dorm because I convinced her, like, like I need to watch wrestling. And she's like, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, you got to sweet talk him a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. He's like, right, you want to watch what? And so, and I kind of, I remember, I remember, like, I think I saw Luger. And I was kind of, you know, not like like overwhelmingly shocked, but I was kind of like, what? Oh, like, like what the yeah, hell he, he put on there? Kind of like everybody else, like, I, he was just on the pay-per-view last night for WWE. What the hell? Yeah, he was just on SummerSlam or something a week that's, ago. And that's a Bishop stressed. We're live. Anything yeah, can happen live. Stuff, yeah. And then, uh, so, so you know, and I remember that, you know, and that's the only big thing I remember. And I think, I think at the end, I think the match was like, was it? It was Sting and Flair, wasn't it? Sting and Flair, I think. Yeah, it was Sting and Flair, and then Luger came out then too and stuff, and and like and Hogan was like then Hogan came out, I think it was all that. So because Hogan was feuding with the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I yeah I remember yeah that was it was like when I mean when Nitro first started it was it was bad. I mean, no, it, it stunk. But at the time, Raw stunk. It wasn't the Nitro was. So good, it was just better than it was the better of the two piles of shit that were on television. I mean, I kind of always favored WWF more than WCW, but I still enjoyed 
I mean, there was a lot of times where Nitro was the was the better show. Um, but and I think when I, I was a big Diesel fan back then, and it was during Diesel's run as WWF champion, and it was leading to and then eventually was leading to Survivor Series with Bret and, and, and Diesel um, and stuff. But uh, you know, and I remember like during that time, um, I think that's when well right before that you had you know. Big Show when he was the giant uh, debut and, and face Hogan at Halloween Havoc. He was supposed to be Andre's son. Yeah, Andre's son and all that, and that was his gimmick. And I remember like they shaved Hogan's mustache off. Um, it was Sullivan who, for some reason, was dressed well, like a woman. Yeah, there was something I forget. Yeah, they remember. I remember him getting his mustache shaved, and uh, you know, and then then they have you know, and I didn't really get yeah like. You know, and back then I, you know, didn't really watch the pay-per-views because you obviously you need money to watch the pay-per-views. Um, I did watch. Um, I think I, the the people, the friends that I that, that um, like wrestling, we chipped in for like Survivor Series and Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, but that was it. Um, but um, the other ones, you know, I kind of just had to hear about, and you know, and this is before like before I like had the internet or anything like that so um this is really you know pre pre-internet days i guess um, now keep in mind too fans we're laughing that Ho- we're doing an angle where hogan gets a mustache shaved their other company brad hart is feuding with pierre lafitte because he stole his jacket i mean it wasn't, I know, but, yeah. the other mcmahon was not cutting edge at the time he was he was just as dumb yeah they were well they were still you know at the time vent they were still cartoony it was still, you know, um, WWF was still cartoony and for kids. Um, and so. what helped WCW is the people that were still watching wrestling were the people that grew up with yeah. WWF, yeah. and now well, all those guys are over there. Yeah, and then yeah, and and Bischoff knew that, you know, he looked at Vince's product and he said, "I want to be totally different than Vince." So he knew Vince was cartoony, and he had all these gimmicks. So he went, you know. I mean, he made some dumb decisions, but he made some smart ones. Like he got a lot of the cruiserweights in there, um, the um, you know luchadors and stuff, and he had all these you know talented mid carters, and that's what I like watching. I like watching you know Rey Mysterio, Dean Malenko, Chris Jericho, you know, um, Ho- Hoovy, you know, uh, a lot of those Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, you know. All those guys I enjoyed. I enjoyed watching their their you know feuds and, and battles and stuff, and wanted to see. And I was like, you know, and I I was like thinking these guys are never gonna face like a Hogan or a you know a Macho. And they, sh- they should have though. That, they should have. That see, that's I think it, he should have pushed them. And he kind of started later on. Was kind of too late, but he should have pushed them earlier. Yeah, but he, they uh, were never elevated. That was their. They were the opening and middle card. Yeah, and they stayed there. And if you look at all those pay per views WCW did, they were great. But they, you know, the first six seven matches were all amazing, and then your two or three main events always stunk. Yeah, yeah, because I couldn't stand I couldn't stand Hogan, and then I mean, and then I remember like remember he lost the title to to, to the Giant. And it was some weird disqualification, and they took the title away from the giant. And then they had the first World War Three pay per view, 
God, I, those were a which, mess. Thank God they I dumped them after a few years. Because I used to go home, you know, for summer and, 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 and Christmas break, and I went home that time for Christmas break, and my friend had taped uh, World War Three, and we just watched the the the, 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 the I guess the, Royal Ro- the the battle royal of that, and I remember, you know, it was Happy Macho Man won that. But I remember the, the I remember like the Yeti. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, this big mummy guy. They also remember they had the Loch Ness monster too. Yeah. The, the guy dropped the elbow and he couldn't get up. He was so yeah. fat. That was bad. And then, um, and actually, it was funny because um, during that same year, um, well, later on that school year, uh, and going '95 into '96, uh, I went to. Uh, it was Super Brawl. I forget what it was, it was like five or six or something, but it was. The one in nineteen, the one that happened in nineteen ninety, February nineteen ninety six, was at the Bayfront Center in St. Petersburg, and um, you know the, the friends that I had were wrestling fans. We we got tickets to, so I was like, oh wow, man, I'm at my first, you know, I've been to like house shows and stuff, but this is my first pay per view I ever went to, and it was Super Bowl. It was W, and this would be pre NWO and right before NWO, and this I think on the card. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the Nasty Boys were there. Public Enemy just showed up um, there. They were there. Uh, there was this interesting ma- like Sting and Lex were like the tag team champs, and Sting and like Lex was a heel. And, I always liked that cause, like like he'd be like if Sting was, was looking, he was shaking everybody's hand, and when Sting would turn around, he'd like pull back and he want to touch anybody. And yeah. it, it was a funny little bit that everybody hated him, but Sting. Yeah, it was like like Sting was trying to convince everyone, no, he's my friend, and Lex was a bastard and stuff. But I remember they wrestled twice because they wrestled uh, Harlem Heat and then the World Warriors. They wrestled them too, and then this was also the same uh, pay per view that had the. Uh, the famous uh, strap strap match with Brian Pillman and Kevin Sullivan, and uh, Kevin Sullivan walked off and gave like uh, flipped the bird to uh, Kevin Sol- Sullivan, and then Art yeah. Anderson came in and took his place and stuff. And Pillman called like, "I respect you, Booker Man," and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that happened there. Uh, it was. I remember I was disappointed when uh, that was because Macho Man was the ch- champ. Going in, there was a steel cage match with Flair, and uh, you know there's some parts I don't want to remember because like Macho Man kept on uh, pulling Flair's pants down, and Flair was like mooning the whole place. <laughs> now, to me, that's like the pay per view to me that that always had the most memory before was the the, the one I mentioned to you, the uh, Starcade '95. Yeah, that was a couple. That was like the pay per view right before. Yeah, that was a pay per view right before. And, and I remember that for two reasons. One, I was actually had to go in the emergency room that day, so I had to watch it like when I came home, like at oh. one o'clock in the morning. And did, did you by chance have a chance to go back and watch any of it in the last few days? No, no, I have. I have it's been a while since I've seen any of that. So. The reason, in my opinion, one of the big deaths of WCW uh, took place after this. Dusty Rhodes was the commentator for this show, fans. And when they took Dusty Rhodes off commentary, I think that's when their product declined. Yeah, because yeah, he was a good. I, I liked him as a commentator because then they were. I think when that's when they threw in McMichaels and because Nitro's team was like Bischoff, Heenan, and Michaels. Um, and and then when it was two hours in the beginning, it was. Yeah. Um, they, could, they was, switched. It was Zabisco and uh, Shivani and Zabisco, yeah. And then 
Because Nitro started off just one hour, and then they went to two shortly after they, like, was like, I want to say their first two hours, actually their first two hour show was like in May, and that was so that uh, Scott Hall showed up. Um, it was like one of the first, it might have been one of the first two hours, because they started their two hour like in May of 1996. You know, um, Quickly the, to 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 quickly go back to that Starcade. Yeah, that was also showing you. WCW is always known as a company for incompetence. Yeah, the big poster they used to sell this is you know staying and he's in the America and then there's you know the Japanese flag and there's the Great Muda. Great Muda wasn't even on the pay per view. It's like nice. And yeah. I remember you're, you're watching this match, you know, because it opens with the Benoit Liger. Mm-hmm. Great match. They're pulling out, you know, all kinds of moves. And here's Dusty Rhodes, you know, and Benoit hits a, you know, hits a springboard uh, moonsault. Look at that, baby. He got him with the tipsy toes. <laughs> and then, you know, you're going further, and they're talking about, oh, Shinjiro Otani is biting, you know, Eddie Guerrero. And, I mean, that's a hell of a match. And, and Dusty Rhodes, what are, you, what are you talking about? And they're like, Oh, the move of Otani. Oh, that's Otani, baby. I thought last night you was telling me you wanted to go have a toddy, you know, a hot toddy, have some drinks, Tony. <laughs> you know, and then Masahiro Chono kicks, uh, uh, with Luger. It's, and Shimani, to his credit, he tried. He was actually knowing the moves a little bit. And he's like, Mafia kick. Hit him with the Mafia kick. What the hell the mafia got to do with the kicks, baby? You know, so I, you know, you're listening to this, this absurd commentary, but it's funny. And then, yeah, you know, Ma- yeah. and Heenan was there, and Heenan was like, "Oh no, he's just playing possum." And Dusty's like, "We talk about baby play possum. <laughs> you mean if I was to come at you with the gun, baby, you lay on the ground and go, "Don't hit me, I'm a possum. I'm a possum, baby." And you know, and people shit all over it. It's like you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. That's funny to me. Yeah, yeah. No, Dusty was always there. You know, I mean, Dusty. That's he. Can, he was. He had the. You know, as, as 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 Enzo would say, he has the gift of the gab. You know. He does. Uh, I mean, let's look at this guy. This guy is a. Well, he was. I mean, no disrespect to the dead. He yeah. was a fat lop of shit. He'll probably even tell you he was a fat lop of shit. He could go. He could wrestle an hour. Yeah, he can wrestle. He had charisma. I mean, there was nothing. You, you, you couldn't touch Dusty. I mean, he, he had charisma. He could give away. And I remember when I was a little kid when I would watch when it was still NWA and Dusty got suspended and he would come back as the Midnight Rider. Yeah, yeah. He would just put a mask on his face and even in his interviews back, let me tell you something, baby. <laughs> he wouldn't even try to change it. You know, it was it was funny. Yeah, it was exactly, yeah. Yeah, and they tried to recreate it with Hogan as Mister America. I know. You know, it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Per, yeah. Like, but yeah, they should have did more. I mean, and yeah, but you know, but yeah, that was something like yeah, they they shouldn't have pulled him from the. Because McMichael, McMichael stunk. I get his purpose oh. was just to get the angle. Let's get him in, you well, know, in the ring. Let's get his incredibly hot wife involved in this, but. He just he stunk. Yeah, I'm glad they they pulled him once after he started like that. Well, he 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 was I don't well, I don't know what's worse, listening to him commentate or watching him wrestle. You know, <laughs> I, I, as a now I, I bet you though, as a football commentator, he was probably excellent. Mm-hmm. 
but no, as a wrestling commentator, he's, and Dusty was still with them at the time, if you yeah. remember. It, yeah, because Dusty did, He, I think, because I remember, I mean, being at the pay-per-view, I remember seeing Dusty at the, I'm, I'm pretty, I, see, I don't know if he called, because they were, because I remember when I went to that pay-per-view, it was like they were taping, like, their, it wasn't, of course, it wasn't Saturday night, but it was their other show they had, Wrestling Pro or something. It was something, they were taping that, and, um, Either he was commentating for that, and then then when the main, but I think he was no, I think he. Was well, if you remember, the they would alternate. Like sometimes different people would leave, and different people would come down to call the action. Yeah, because I think I remember Dusty was there. Cause I can, I can kind of see because they had the, the the table wasn't at ringside. The commentators weren't. It was kind of like the way Raw was, but they were like positioned somewhere else. And I can see them. I wasn't that far from where they were, and I can see. I remember Bobby. I think it was Bobby, like Shivani, and Dusty um, commentating on that pay-per-view. And, and this is going back to the Super Brawl. Well, I remember I'm, that was when uh, Miss Elizabeth turned on Macho Man and cost him the title. And I, I remember, like, and this is when, and, and this was Flair, well, it wasn't the Carolinas, but Florida is Flair country, too, because when Flair came out and Flair was the heel, people loved him. They were cheering. Um, and then I remember when Hogan wrestled the giant and that was the main event it was hogan and the giant in a cage and people hated hogan they were and he and this is you know and like he was still doing the hulkamania stuff and he won he ended up winning the match and i remember i was just like eh. oh yeah he was he was getting booed and heckled ridiculously yes yeah. it was it wasn't the shtick gets old, no matter what yeah. you're doing, you, especially. It, and I have no problem with his gimmick. You know, he was for the kids. He's just what Cena yeah. is doing now. But yeah, it, it eventually does run its course. Yeah, it, it does. And then, so so we get to, you know, the summer of '96. So well, and he, you know, I remember, I remember seeing. Uh, I think the match was. Uh, uh, it was a guy that they, what was his name Mike Mike Enos. Yeah, he was the he was like the the, the brawler, he was in, wasn't he? He, he was, was from in, that one. He was from Well Done. He Well Done. That's that. Yeah, he was in Well Done, and he was wrestling somebody. It was some stinker of a match on Nitro, and I'm like eh, you know, I remember it was like because I was I was back home in New York because uh, it was done you know done for the semester of college, so I was back home for a while. And me and my friends, you know, two of my friends watched wrestling. We were like playing, we were kind of playing cards and watching wrestling uh, at my place and stuff. And then we're kind of watching Nitro, not really half paying attention because we knew the match was like, oh, whatever. And then all of a sudden, Scott Hall comes out. And I was just like, whoa, whoa. We and, knew it was, and it was very ECW ish at the time. Yeah. It's coming through the crowd. Came through the crowd, and we're like, going, oh, shit. You know, and uh, we're like, whoa, this is like, all right, he's in WCW now. And like, and then I think two weeks later, Kevin Nash showed up. Yeah, because remember he said, I got a big surprise for yeah. you, thanks. And, you know, and at the time, we're wondering, you know, where they're going with this. You know, because it was like they kept on, you know, obviously they're making them look like outsiders. You know, no pun intended, but... Um, they, you know, and, but they made it look like they were coming from WWF and we were like, 
you know, what's what's going on here? Because this is, you know, this is way before the internet and all this and looking at, you know, things that people are talking about. So, like, you know, we're just like, you know, are they going to actually do, like, WWF versus WCW? Wait, because at the time, wrestlers, they, they always got a makeover, so they were never going to come back in. As they were always going to be somebody else. They were going to yeah. be repackaged. And there wasn't, there was going to be... Kind of like when, because Hall was the diamond stud, but when he came over as Razor Ramon, you know, there was that few months wait period. And then you had like, you know, a good six, seven weeks of, of vignettes before he yeah. came on TV. They would introduce yeah. you. So when the guy came out, you know, this was nothing. He just showed up one day off the street. I know. Yeah. It was just like, and that's why I was like, wow, this is going to be a big deal. And then, um, you know, and then they had that whole, you know, thing. it was, I think it was, uh, and, and then. And then this is funny because I, you know, like I didn't get the pay-per-views, but this is back in the day with analog TV, and you can watch it scrambled. Oh and, yeah. And you can, li- but you can listen. I remember hearing it and stuff. And I, well, the first one before Bash at the Beach it was Great American Bash, and, um, and that was a hell of a good. That's one of my favorite pay-per-views, actually. Yeah, they have. I mean, I you know, I recently, you know, like kind of went back and watch, you know, watched some of the. You know, and, and in the past, watched some of the WCW ones and the ones I wanted to check out and stuff. But you know, I remember the whole thing they had Hall and Nash um, talked a bit. Like Bischoff was interviewing them during a segment, and he asked them, "Are you, do you work for WWF?" And they were like, "No," nope. because that was, that was the whole. There was a thing where Vince was trying to either cease and assist or doing something because because they. Because they're also using the gimmicks of Razor and Diesel, like because Razor was still doing like yo, you know, and, and like yeah, the know, toothpick and everything, toothpick, like 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 hey yo and all that stuff. And you know, I think also they didn't want like I think they did that little interview because they wanted to clear clear it like okay, we're not working for WWF because it made it look like they were WWF was invading, um, and they really did a you know good job with that. Because, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe they, you know, decided to partner up and, hey, let's, you know, because you never know, you know, you know, like, you know, but I kind of knew deep down, I'm like, no, they wouldn't do that. They're too, they're too competitive. Um, but, uh, and then I remember, like, listening Scrambled to Bash at the Beach um, with the whole, you know, and I, I, you know, I mean, I, and I remember Hogan wasn't on TV for a while. Like he was doing something, or you and, know. and they got me because if you remember in that match, Luger bumps early and they take Luger to the dressing room, and, and I was one. I was probably like everybody in the world. Luger's gonna come back and be the third man. Yeah, I knew it because usually back then, you know, even the surprise payoffs were always garbage. So yeah, yeah, no, they they got me too because I didn't see Hogan turning a heel. And I forgot it this time. I like you said, Hogan was off TV. I forgot about him. Yeah, he was he was off for a while because they had some stupid match. His last match was like Hulkamania versus like the Dungeon or or all these people that didn't hate. It was like, I think it was Hogan Vert. Was the only one that teamed with him was Macho Man, and then like was like him against everybody. The, the alliance to destroy Hulkamania. Yeah, and that was just like it was like uncensored or something, and that was That's like a big cage where two guys beat the shit out of twelve. Yeah, I know. This is yeah, and um, but. But yeah, you kind of forgot about Hogan, and he came. I remember he's like, "It's Hulk Hogan," and then Heenan goes, "Well, whose side he's on?" And, and Shivani's like, 
What are you was, talking it was, about? It was yeah. dusty. It was dusty. What are you talking about, baby? Yeah. What do you mean who fired at the hole? Yeah, and and then and then he came into the leg drop the Macho Man and the rest is history. You know, the NWO was formed and that ring was pelted with trash. Great Hogan interview. And then I remember they were filming Nitros at Disney MGM Studios at the time uh, that whole summer. And then I think starting right after Bash at the Beach was the first one. And, and that's when, you know, Hogan came out and all in the was Hollywood gimmick and all in black and, and stuff. But they did. There was some, I mean, that was probably some of the best television in wrestling history. Oh, it was easy. Because McMahon's still not keep mind. There was no attitude there. He still stunk. Yeah. Well, and then, and, and yeah, you changed the channel to USA and you know, Monday Raw. You Shawn Michaels was carrying that company. You know, he was the champ. You know, Austin. I mean, that's when Austin was starting. But, but he, he was the ringmaster. He stunk too. He was. He, was, he wasn't the ring. Well, he, this is after the ring because around this time, if, in that summer of '96. He won the King of the Ring. He was Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's when he did the famous, you know, Austin 316, um, you know, the speech and stuff. You know, you know, like when he goes, talk about your, the, they're like, you like, you look at Jake the Snake, they talk about your saw, talk about your John, John 316, Austin 316, said, I just whipped your ass. And that was, but he, it was still, it was slowly still catching on. He hadn't expl- He didn't really explode until the. I mean, so, he, was, he got over, but it was the McMahon feud that he exploded. And that was yeah, still a well, year away. Yeah, it was not more I than was, that. Actually, before, I think it was, the, it was 97. It was like it was late 96. It was after that he won the Royal Rumble. That's 97 Royal Rumble. That was when Austin really took off. I think. Um, but yeah, it was still because it was. I remember SummerSlam 96 was was Shawn Michaels versus Vader. Um, and that match uh, stunk. Yeah, that was a bad match. Um, and that's when there was a lot of, you know, um, they were building like Ahmed Johnson, and then he got hurt and stuff. And then Mark Merrill was another guy they were building, and that didn't work out. And uh, Triple H was getting punished at the time for the curtain call and uh, and all that. So, but yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, w, yeah, Raw was, was not a good show in the summer of 96. Nitro just was, you know, innovating and interesting because... And because that's when you didn't know, you know, like you didn't know it was it was it was Hall and Nash and Hogan and and you remember when they came in and they uh, did the whole uh, they were beating everyone up in the back and they took remember Ray Mysterio Ray Mysterio they lawn darted him <laughs> and did all that and everyone was you know and then and then when they started doing like you know who else is going to join like we got another you know guy and stuff and then. But see, that's one of the reasons they draw. If you think about it, that was three guys beat the shit out of all of them. And then the next week on Nitro, there's like all the WCW guys. There's no good guys, no bad guys. There's WCW, and they're going after the NWO, and they all watched each other's backs. And here you got like 20, 30 guys, and I remember Arn Anderson's got a two-by-four. And some, and then, you know, and he's next to Eddie Guerrero with a bat. But see, they were perceived as strong, strong you know, heels, kind of like the way they did with Rusev in the beginning. It's not like now where, you know, now when they stink, you get your top heel champion, and he gets beat up and runs away every week. Yeah, yeah. You know, these guys were a force, you know. It was like, okay, these these three guys are so tough that this company's got to have security guards with guns watch their back. Yeah, yeah. I know, like, you know, with the NWO, they were just like, yeah, like, 
it was like they were feared. They were just, yeah. There's like three guys, and one of the guys was Hogan. You know, it's like like you know. But they, you know, I mean, during that angle, and even and like I'll say the NWO angle was was good up until maybe a year. Like and then it started getting stale. I um, didn't like it when Bischoff joined. But yeah. it made sense, you know. How, here's how they got into the power. But uh, well, if you went, it went from being W. Because remember, the next guy then to come in was Ted DiBiase. He was the mouthpiece. It all made sense. Here's these WW. They're all still WWE guys. Yeah, and then six, six yep. box, whatever. You know, and then you had the fake Sting, which that was a pretty good angle. But that was used to set up Sting's big, big. Yeah, when he became the Crow Sting, and he was. He, and, and, and and I gotta say, like that was something, in a way, I would say brilliant. Oh, you'll never you'll never see an angle built for a year. It built for a year, like he did not he did not speak, he did not wrestle, but he was a pinnacle part of the show. You you waited for him. He was in that balcony, and who? Yeah. You know, and you ultimately knew who he was gonna help, but he painted himself black and white to the NWO comments like. Whose side is Sting on? But yeah, you I mean it was, it was like a year before he, his fight. And I think it was, you know what it was over a year because he stopped. I think he stopped wrestling right after because it was it was it was fall brawl. Fall brawl it was the thing they brought the fake Sting and then they were like because they had that thing where it was like the limo and they he heard Sting's voice and out came a guy that looked like Sting and he beat up Lex and then they thought and then. The fake Sting came out, and then the real Sting came out, and then they still weren't sure, and like, and then they like, I kind of everyone turned their back on Sting, and then that's when Sting says, you know, only thing about Sting, only sure thing about Sting is, is nothing's for sure, and then he turned his back, um, and then um, then that was the last time he spoke for, you know, until really a year and a half it seemed because. Because yeah, cause it was, I think it was from September of '96 until December of '97. And he was he was the most over good guy on the show too. Yeah. He yeah. didn't do shit. That's why yeah, he was a pinnacle part of this show, and he didn't wrestle, didn't talk, and he pulled they he pulled it off so brilliantly, or you know they pulled the way they 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 did it was just brilliant. And because you're wondering at because you know you you were wondering. What he was gonna do each show, like, and then because there was times, remember there was there was and during and, and they, they and they they made it fresh all the time because because there was a time where it looked, remember he kind of joined them, he was standing by them and then he turned on them kind of like yeah and then got, he then he repelled from the rafters a few times yeah. and laid everybody out and so there was a lot of things and then there was times where I think he beat up some WCW guys or something or I don't know but yeah because he, he wouldn't talk he didn't want anybody he'd point that bad he didn't want to fight anybody but Hogan yeah so but they did they did a good job but I mean I think real. I mean I think when the NWO uh, angle got like maybe stale maybe up until Sting actually beat Hogan um, and that was just a bad match that yeah, stunk because here you're waiting. All right, you figure Hogan's gonna bump, Sting's gonna beat his ass. Hogan beat him up for 20 minutes, gets a normal one, two, three count, and that's when Bret Hart comes down because you know it was supposed to be a fast count, and the referee yeah. fucked it up. You know, this ain't gonna happen to me getting screwed again. And it, it, it Sting looked horrible. Sting should have beat Hogan's ass yeah. for that whole match. Yeah, and then 
you know, like during that time between like I guess the summer of ninety six until the the winter of ninety seven or the you know, going into ninety eight, like I mean you had I mean and then and, you know, the whole scape scale of NWO was was good because then you had you know, like you said, DiBiase, then you had six, you know, join or you know, and then you had um you know, the giant turning, you know. Um, and joining NWO at, right after him getting beat by Hogan. And yeah. I didn't have a problem with that because it's like, okay, here's here's one of the main guys and he's defected. Yeah. I was still yeah. okay with that. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I liked that because then there was this thing where I think he won the World War Three and you get a title shot and then he and I, I liked the stuff with uh, Piper and Hogan. I thought that was a good match. I thought, oh yeah, they're they're the the build ups for these matches were great. Yeah, and then Macho Man and Hogan had a one a good one at Halloween Havoc, and and uh, and then like yeah, like the thing with Piper was good, um, that angle, and then then after like Big Show um, became babyface, and then I remember there was something like he looked at Hogan because that's when you know Hogan had the old the the title and they spray painted the NWO in the title, and he was like pointing out like because that was. It still had the Giants nameplate on it, and he says, "You know that that title was my title or something like." And I, I now I got a title shot and stuff. And then he became babyface, and then left. But then, and I think right after that, they started really, you know, a lot of people started joining NWO. Too many. I mean, you had it went from this elite group, and then the, here's Buff Bagwell. Yeah. Here's Scott Steiner. Steiner. Here's Conan. Here's the Scott big Norton. boss man. Yeah, Scott Norton. It's. IRS. Um, it was so watered yeah. down. It was garbage. Yeah, it got it got too many. I mean, in some ways, it made sense because they, they now they have strength in numbers. But the people that join, I mean, you know, I was okay to it to a point because the people, some of the people that join, I'm like, ah, whatever. And then, but then it was like, okay. You know, you do want them to, you know, you think of in logic, it's like there's, you know, like like you said, with Bischoff, you know, joining, that makes sense because then they have the power and, and that's why they're getting away with all this. And then you, you have the more people join, then it makes them look like more powerful, like they're growing and they're taking over. But it, it did saturate, it did like kind of saturate it um, because then you were like, mm, you know, it's like. And then you had, you know, Nash. X-Pac and uh, Hall, and they're like, well, we're the original, we're the wolf pack, so then their shirts were red, and then even Eddie Guerrero, he got all the Mexicans, we're the Latino world order, yeah. everything yeah. began to center, of, you know, revolve around this. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then, and uh, also during this time, um, you know, mo I mean, really, the one thing, even though it was a brilliant angle and it was probably the best, some of the best wrestling ever, um, or time in wrestling, it was they just focused on. They, a lot of times, they just focused on the NWO, which, but the mid card, which they didn't really focus on, but you know, but was the, with the cruiserweights, and you know, you had a lot of good stuff going on there, but they didn't really, you know, like. One credit I give, a good credit I give to Vince is when Austin was at its peak. You know, the main okay, your main attraction was Steve Austin, but there were other things popular like DX, and you had um, 
the tag teams and you had the, the nation of domination. Yeah, you, you had you know you had other things going on, and they 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 try to do good you know uh, have great focus on those. But with WCW, it was just all it was NWO. Well, at, at WCW, I even think the, the mid-card in that had gotten out of the toilet because as awesome as it is to watch Rey Mysterio fight Juventud Guerrera, I just watched him fight Juventud Guerrera for a year and a half every week. How many times can you – and Rey Mysterio, and I'm, I'm not singling him out. This goes with anyone. Three or four moves. You know, how many times can you hurt can run somebody off of something? It just gets old. After a while, the Jericho was still fresh because he had just turned into a bad guy. It was his interviews, but yeah. these these opening guys with all the talent just kept having the same fucking matches week after week. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like, and you know, like yeah, there was so how many times you can see Eddie Guerrero and Di Malenko, or you know, Eddie Guerrero and Reigns, even though they were having great matches. But yeah, it was like. It was kind of your Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, or your Charlotte, you know, Sasha. Now, how many times can you see that? But you know, if they were, you know, and then it's a shame they didn't. They, yeah, they didn't focus on these talents like better, like and then made and broaden them out a bit and put them more into the mix. Here's okay. Here's here's one thing I remember um, that they could have went. They could have went in this direction, at least in an angle direction. Um, I remember this was like ninety summer ninety seven when Raven left ECW and joined w, WCW. There was this segment. It was in the main event. It was like toward like they, they they had Raven in the crowd. Like he was sitting in the crowd. That's the first time you saw Raven. And I think someone went to interview him and asked like why he was there or something. And I think during the time they were pushing DDP as a big face. Like he was. You know, and, and like he was, that's when he was feuding with Macho Man. Um, and there was something at somebody, you know, whatever the, it was NWO and WCW was something, I think it was DDP out there or something with NWO. And they, there was a shot of, they, they, they did a good tight shot of Raven, like watching them. Like, and this is after, like, they introduced him. And they could have just, you know, not showed him, but it made it look like, is Raven going to somehow get involved, you know, and, and, and like it gave it another aspect, which, but they, I mean, yeah, he started his flock and he did his, you know, thing with that, but it wasn't at a main event level. Like it looked like, you know, there was just copying his WCW stuff or his ECW shit. That's all he was doing. Yeah. But, you know, and that was a, you know, I, I remember seeing that Nitro, and I thought, you know, hey, they could have done something there. They could have incorporated Raven into, you know, either I'm not saying him join NWO, or, or they could have done something, you know, else and stuff. But um, but it looked like an opportunity there, but they didn't capitalize on it. Um, and of course they didn't, because they didn't probably look to Raven like, no, he's not a main eventer. All, um, all they did was think of NWO. Yeah. And then I remember, you know, if you watch a lot of docs, you know, some on NWO, a lot of WCW guys like going, well, a lot of them like just let me join the NW, let me hopefully they'll make me join the NWO because I'm sick of getting beat up on. <laughs> yeah. well, even the announcing team, like if you look, the announcers never talked about the match that was going on in the ring. 
they would a little bit, but it was always like, what is the NWO up to? You know, they, yeah. that's all the focus was. And, yeah. You know, it got to the point where it was so bad that, uh, you know, when all that stopped, you know, Bischoff, you know, because the ratings were... Now McMahon was, you know, full in Attitude Era, so his well, ratings taken yeah, off. Even before, like, before that happened, like, he was still, like, because I think McMahon started beating him, like, 98. And, like, so, like, you know, you go, you have, you know, you finally have Sting wrestle, you know, it doesn't turn out to be a great, great match. He wins the title, but then loses it and then stuff. And then he lost, like, right the next month, I think. Yeah. Like, shortly thereafter. I think they stripped the title from him, and then he got it back. And then. I want to say Macho Man beat him for the title, and then Hol- and then when like Hogan beat him the next night, and that's when they that's when they started. Okay, they they broke apart the NWO, and that's when the the babyface Wolfpack started. Because then you had you had Nash, you had Conan, and then Lex joined. Even though he he wasn't a regular NWO member, he joined them, and eventually Sting did, and they had some uh, maybe a couple other people. Um, but you had them as this almost like they were like a DX almost. Is that when DX? You know when it was Triple H and and X Pac and and the, and the Outlaws and they were kind of they were goofy. They they did jokes and stuff. And then also this is the time where you had Goldberg <laughs> and uh, you know the the rise of Goldberg and you know. I don't know. I mean, Goldberg. What? I mean, my opinion. Okay, at the time, I did like Goldberg. I liked, you know, even though I uh, when I first saw him, it was I, a cool gimmick. It was he was their Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it, it, it was a good gimmick. Yeah, I mean, I and I remember like you know, I remember seeing it, you know, when they had his first match, and you know, and then and then it is slowly they start, you know, because okay, Goldberg was to me. They were pushing a guy that was brand new that you wouldn't like he wasn't this guy like a Hogan or a Hall of Nash or a Macho Man that was from another company that's been around for years because that's what it seemed like you know and even their homegrown like Flair and and DDP and Lex and Sting like Goldberg was your guy like cuz he didn't talk much he was in you know and he wasn't a great wrestler he was just a you know, it was more of the, the the uh, the 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 his 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 entrance with the security and all that, and, and him and and going through the you know the pyro and all that, which never made sense to me. If he was that tough and he's walking through well, flames, he he's walking. Yeah, why's he got security with him? Exactly. You yeah. don't need it. Yeah, it didn't make it made no sense. It, it was it was just, but it worked. It looked cool. Yeah. So I mean, I liked how. They, you know, it seemed like because because he wasn't wrestling any anybody big, like he wasn't having big matches with feuds with people yet. He was just going out there beating them, and, and people started counting how many, you know, like fourteen and zero, and twenty one and zero, and then thirty and zero, and forty and zero, whatever. Um, then they started adding to that number, but still, yeah, exactly, yeah. But then I remember his first big thing was. Uh, he beat Raven for the U.S. title. 
And I was pissed about that because Raven had just won it the night before. Yeah, he beat DDP because DDP had it and then he beat him and it was like, you know, he was a transitional champion just to get the belt on Goldberg. And then it was like, you know, okay, now they're giving him a title. And then, you know, fast forward to two months later or whenever it was when um, they're like, announced he's going to face Hogan. Um, and, um, and I'm like, whoa, you know, it's like kind of like they gave, and it's funny, they, they called, I think it was somebody that said in an interview that that Nitro at the uh, Georgia Dome where Goldberg beat Hogan was, that's, that was their WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, that was a huge crowd, too. Yeah. Huge. Ba- I think somewhere, I mean, obviously he's probably on the network, but I have that on VHS. I taped it. I recorded it, and I kept it because it was a good show. I never was a good show. And when that was when Nitro was three hours because they, they just went to three hours or something. But like they said, though, that match should have been on pay-per-view. They could have made a fortune off of it. They could have, but then Bischoff was too... Worried about he rather care he wanted to beat Vince in ratings than than put that match on pay per view because that was right before Bash at the Beach yeah and even though Bash at the Beach had a main event which was like DDP and Karl Malone against Rodman and Hogan <sighs> which oh don't get me started with that one but but yeah they could have because that was I mean. As a man, with two guys to me that don't have a lot of wrestling, you know, talent, um, put on a, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a good, a good match for what those two could do. Yeah. Um, and it was, I just remember Bobby, he was like when, at the, at the end, like he, he speared, he speared Holden, and then he was about to give him the jackhammer. And Bobby's like, do it! Do it! Your life depends Your on life it! Your life depends on it! And it's like, and then he won. And I mean, but it was it was a good it was a good um, show, and it was one of those shows you can get into it. You were on the edge of your seat because you were like, because it was a it was like a passing of a torch kind of moment because here was this star that WCW was a homegrown guy they built in less than a year, and he became this big even he, yeah he was an Austin ripoff to some extent, but he was still his own person. Um, and he beat Hogan, you know, and, you know, and that was, you know, a big moment. Although after that, he had a big downfall, in my opinion, uh, you know, cause they really didn't, they still, you know, cause what they, my, my opinion of what went wrong with Goldberg is he won the title, but then the focus was still on Hogan. It was still on Hogan in the NWO. NWO and the DDP. And then they had it all oh, that god awful at Road Wild or Hog Wild, whatever it was called, with Jay Leno. Mm, and that was like a forty minute debacle. Yeah. So like here you have this big superstar, this new superstar. He wasn't even like I remember he defended at Bash of the Beach, he like defended against Mr. Perfect or Kurt, you know, Kurt Henning. Um, you know, I mean I like Kurt Henning, no offense to, you know, like God rest his soul, of course, but at the time, Henning wasn't your big star. wasn't the main eventer. No, by no means. He, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, of course, in my opinion, like guys like Rick Rude, Henning, they could have been made, definitely main eventers, without a doubt. But you know, obviously, he, there weren't at that at that time. He, they were considered, you know, you know, 
old, old not I want to I want to say has been's, but they were considered you know they're all their time is past their prime is past. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he wrestled Henning, and then at Road Wild I think he was in a, some battle royal or something. I don't know, and like they go they they didn't really capitalize on Goldberg. You know? No, he was always second. He was he was the champion, and some pay per views he wasn't on, and the ones he was, he was never the main event. Yeah, and then I remember that thing Jericho really wanted to face him, and he was doing that thing with remember Ralphus Roof, yeah, Ralphus, that's right, Ralphus Rufus, and this and that was great stuff. I mean, it was it was great stuff, and Jericho really felt like you know this is something we could have built a match with him and Goldberg. But Bischoff didn't see that. He didn't feel Jericho was an, a main eventer, and and you know, I mean, obviously he wasn't. But that's where an opera. That's see, that's where WCW didn't utilize these guys of Jericho, Eddie, Benoit. You know, I mean, eventually they they put Benoit in the main event scene, but it was a little too late by that time. Um, but at that time, they could have, you know, they could have. Put Jericho in a match with Goldberg. He probably, you know, they would have had Goldberg go over, but you know, at least that could have shown that Jericho could have gone in there with him. And, and Jericho would have kicked his ass because Jericho. Oh, yeah. And you know, and I think Jericho really beat his ass like in backstage or something. Not in WCW, but WWF when he first went there or something. They got into some argument. See, oh. because because of all this stupidity and shenanigans, Bischoff now they had. I mean, he was still getting a check every week, but they he he went home. They sent him home. Yeah, yeah. But and then you know, and then the you know, then you had the uh, you know what uh, you know Goldberg eventually lost the title to to the Booker Man. Yep, Kevin Nash. <laughs> Booker T, Kevin Nash, and I'm a Kevin Nash fan. I mean, but still, like he put the belt on himself, and then you had the finger poke at Doom. Yeah, with the Hulk and Nash. Yeah, and then that's when then they reformed the NWO. And I think that's when WCW really went downhill. Yeah, it wasn't recovering after that. Like beating Goldberg was stupid. Yeah, I think right after that because then they had then Flair won the title, but then Flair took the turn heel and Hogan became face, and it was just like. It was just like a mess. I don't know. It seemed like right after that was a mess, and they were trying to do that thing with Brat, and then Owen died, and then they, you know, and then it was just, yeah, it, it seemed like right, to me, like right after that finger poke at Doom, like to me, my uh, my memories of WCW, you know, for those, those really the, the last two years they were on were horrible. I mean, One- and then bringing in Vince Russo, yeah, who everybody thought, oh, this guy, he wrote for du-. and and he was a writer during the Attitude Era. But I'm still convinced if he had ten ideas, Vince McMahon picked one out of the ten, yeah. and changed it the way he knew it would yeah. work. Vince Vince ran. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, it's still to this day, it's all on Vince. Vince is it's Vince's decision. Um, Good or bad, you know. Um, and if I, it's funny how they have rumors saying that Russo and Ed Ferreira went there to sabotage the WCW. I don't believe that. I think that that's when he proved that he had no talent. He was trying. I remember watching a show where it's it's Kidman, 
and I don't know what Kidman's doing, but here's Hulk Hogan. Now he's back, you know, and and he pulls up in a muscle car, and he calls Kidman on the phone. I'm gonna get you, you some bitch. You know, it's like, oh, so now Hogan is now being written as the part of Steve Austin. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, it was just like you know, yeah, they left. You know, I'm sure Bischoff lured them more money, and then they probably felt. They probably felt like in WWF, like Vince is getting all the credit and like, you know, felt like, you know, they were coming up with some ideas and, you know, working with Vince probably like, hey, let's do this. And it's probably like, no, you know, no, you're going to do, we'll take this idea. But like you said, we're going to, I'm going to change it to my, you know, my liking and stuff. So they probably felt like they go to WCW and they can, you know, and actually, well, that was actually Bischoff got fired because he got. Uh, I think in ninety, yeah, ninety nine, they they fired him, and then they hired they hired uh, Russo and Ed Ferreira, and then they brought Bischoff back like eight months later or something. Yeah, because he was going to work with Vince Russo. Yeah, yeah, but then, yeah, a lot of stuff went, and then, and I think one of the most uh, god awful moments was when they like almost like did a like okay a reboot. And, um, and this was like a, the spring of 2000 because they had these angles going on because I think you had Sid as your Sid was the champ. It was right after you know you know you had the radicals leave and go to w, WWF. Um, you know Benoit, Eddie, Saturn, and Dean, and uh, it was after like Benoit won the title and then left. And then Sid won it. And then I think Sid was the champ. They were like, looked like they were going to, Sid was like a face, but they looked like they were going to turn him heel. Yeah, and he had his foot on the ropes and everything like that. Against Hogan or something. They're pushing Hogan. They're doing all these angles. And then all of a sudden, they had Vince and Bischoff. And that's when they had the new blood. And they like stripped the titles of everybody. Whatever titles they had with the world title, tag belts, TV title, whatever, U.S. title, and they start. Remember, they're like they started tournaments crowning new champions, and all the angles that were going on, they it was stopped. And and I remember that's when they they put the belt on Jeff Jarrett. Never in my life have I understood why people push him. That guy has never been over. He wasn't even over in the company he owned. No, no, I I was never. Never a fan of Jarrett. I mean, I respect him a bit for his promotion, I mean, for just trying to, as a promoter, but not as a talent. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, he was a goofy gimmick, like in the Double J and all that, and it was just like he wasn't, you know, like he felt like he was he was a big superstar, and that's why, you know, WWF never cared about him. And, like, they, they, didn't, they didn't see dollar signs in him. He was, a mid, he was a top mid card at best, and that was all as far as he was going to go. And he went to WCW, and then you know, and then it was just you know they made him the you know they're they're big. They put the belt on him. They also put the belt on David Arquette. They didn't know what they were doing at that point in time. Now that's definitely. I think Russo won the title at one point. I think. Yep, he was even the champ. Yeah, and it was it was just it was terrible. Um, 
You know, and then the whole thing was just like where Jarrett lied down and Hogan pinned him and all that, and Hogan walked off, and then Booker T went up winning the title. I mean, I was happy for Booker T because that's that's kind of like when they started to, and he was another guy that was, you know, long overdue for a, bi- a big title reign. But, you know, like WCW, like besides the end of the middle, they had, you know, some great tag teams, you know, the, the Harlem Heat, the Steiners. Um, you know, Road Warriors, you know, there was a lot of other guys they, they had too, and the cruiserweights and the all that, but you know, like at this time they, they just was ugh. It was just awful. It was that company at that point in time, it was even if they would have sold it to someone with the T V, it would have failed. I mean yeah. there was you couldn't have had anyone and now Bischoff knew it wasn't a worthless company just for the fact if it was worthless, he would never have asked to buy it. I mean, yeah. that's a given there, but it just wasn't... It was... McMahon was red hot at the time. Oh, yeah. WCW, I mean, they were drawing record lows. Yeah, like, once the Attitude Era, like, when it, when it picked up in 98, then it was like, you know, and it was they were going back and forth a little bit, and then once 99 kicked in, it was just like, it was all WWF. And WCW just couldn't recover. No. That, um, that, that, it was impossible. And now, I didn't, I didn't see them, like, at the, maybe, you know, before 2001, I didn't, I didn't see them going out of business. I didn't see ECW going out of business either. You know? No, I thought they'd all be around in some yeah. incarnation or another. Yeah, like, you know, I didn't, that was, you know, because like, you, you had, you know, I think, you know, the, the last champions were like Booker T and Scott Steiner. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, you know, there was a lot of, you know, they were, they were bringing in a lot of the, the, that was with the newer guys and stuff, or I think they had, um, uh, who who was I think Stasiak who was in, who was in WWF he was over there they had like Chuck Palumbo they had Sean O'Hare they had some good they had some good prospects you know they had some good um good guys they could have built but they didn't build them and I remember they had they're they too focused on remember they had like um they had a then they have like the Magnificent Seven or something they had a fraction with Flair and they had some type of Fraction before it went off air or something. Yeah, they. I mean, they they had a lot of good talent, but because they never took the time to develop any of them, yeah. no one cared. No. no. So basically, when McMahon bought the company, the people he picked up, no one cared about the people he bought either. No, and then that's the whole thing. You know, like I remember, I remember when that happened. I mean, I mean, I remember hearing you know rumblings and stuff, and like. Because ECW was gone by January of one, and then, you know, and then I remember, okay, Nitro, because then Heyman showed up on Raw, and that was, I think, before they purchased Nitro, or mm-hmm. WCW. Um, but I remember there was one show, the, the show before the Panama City Nitro, the last Nitro. There was some, I think Bischoff thought that him and his partners were going to buy WCW and they they had some announcement saying you know something like he was on the phone and he was saying like we're going to talk about it next week or something they said something and you know like 
it's going to start a brand new era of WCW and all this. And, and I was like, okay, well, you know, and I, and I remember like at this time I knew like the AOL thing and the Time Warner thing. And I, I think at that point I didn't see Vince buying it. I remember rumbling, like thinking like maybe Vince is going to buy it. And I figured, eh, he's not going to buy it. You know, like, I don't, it was a worthless company. You know, yeah. why would anybody want and it? It seems so far fetched and so. But I, I, I knew it was going to go off Turner Broadcasting. I think I remember hearing that. And I figured, well, they're going to either pop up somewhere else or something. You know, maybe USA, because at the time, uh, WWF was on uh, the Spike TV or when it was the national network, TN, TNN. Um, so, and then the following week, that's when, you know, and I kind of, I think I already knew because I read online he bought it. Vince bought it and stuff, and, and uh, you know, and it opened up, and that was an interesting show because you had a simulcast Raw and Nitro, mm-hmm. and then you had, you know, and you know, you had Vince saying, "I bought my competition and all that," but you know, Jeff Jerry, you're never gonna work for me and yeah, all that, you know, which was gold dust or something, and. On, you know, when he was, or, yeah, he used to be Goldust or something. He's made some comment they showed him but when they're watching. But and it was funny because they they were, like, talking about um, how he was going to bury WCW, and people were kind of booing him, like, him because they, like, they didn't want to see it go away. They didn't like it, but they didn't want to see it go away. And then... I was like, oh, it's, you know, like, and then they had the thing where Shane came out and he was like, well, I own WCW. And you thought, oh, cool, you know, they're going to make, like, maybe they're going to make it a separate brand, which that was their plan, but then that didn't work out. Nope, that 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 thing, I mean, that's a whole week's worth of shows how they fucked up the invasion angle. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I think with that, they didn't have the right guys. They didn't have Sting. They didn't have Flair. They didn't have... You know, Holland Nash, they didn't have like even Hogan or Goldberg or, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of the main guys like they just had really DDP and Booker T and the rest were just, you know, Chuck Palumbo, Sean Stasiak, you know, who got fired right after his first match against Booker T and stuff. But yeah, like it could have, you know, and that's when they kind of. They became the alliance because it was a mixture of WCW and ECW, and it wasn't, you know, and it was Austin, you know, and then it really didn't matter. It was WCW because Austin was part of it, and you know, it was, you know, it was kind of just they were just, you know, in another group or something. It was, yeah, it was, it was bad, but you know, and I guess their answer to that was when they made the brand extensions like they have now. In 2002, with the Raw and SmackDown, um, two separate shows. But I know I think it would have been if they had if they didn't those guys didn't have you know solid contracts where they waited out and they got paid and they got those talents in a one. And if they create kept the name WCW around and you know had it a separate show, you know who knows what they would have done. You know I mean. I, you know what, I, I think if they had done, you know what, I mean, they kind of did that with ECW. Yeah, they fucked that up too, though. Yeah, so I, I, I think 
they would have, you know, they they would have they would have messed it up. I think they would have, you know, they would if they got another network to put it on and WCW or I think it would have last a couple of years and then they would have full then shut it shut it down and then those guys would just, you know, kind of like with ECW, you know, those guys would have just spurse elsewhere. But you know, but there was a company that was so broke you couldn't fix it. Yeah. And it broke, in my opinion, fans, because they took the American dream, baby. They took him off the commentary, talking about things like, well, I remember Rey Mysterio fighting. He go, look at this, baby. It's Rey Mysterious Juniors. <laughs> so that, to me, that was when WCW truly died. People blame Eric Bischoff all they want. I blame the removal of Dusty Rhodes as commentator. Yeah, I think it's a lot of th- a lot of things, a lot of things. You know, I, I think Bischoff was a blessing and a curse to WCW. You know, um, you know, I, I think he with the NWO and going trying to go head to head. I mean, he he did the he did. I'll give him credit. He did the impossible because at that time, even though wrestling like in the mid '90s, wrestling wasn't popular anymore, but still. No one thought they could beat Vince McMahon. No one, yeah, no, and, and he beat him eighty something weeks in a row. He beat him. Being a competitive after Vince made the WWF in '84 worldwide and took down really all the other companies, you know, and uh, you know, no one thought like they could be a rival company, even though there was NWA and AWA and uh, you know, but no one thought they would be. A company just as big as WWF. No, you know it had pay-per-views and shows, and you know, you know, on prime time and be, you know. So, I mean, you know, I give him credit. You know, he, he they, they beat him for, I, uh, you know, for two years, two and a half years, whatever how long it was in the ratings, and you know, it's like well, that's they- a that's an accomplishment in itself, and and. And the thing is, we're still talking about WCW. It always will still be talked about. You know, no one will ever forget the NWO or Bischoff or you know Goldberg or any of the or other. Dusty Rhodes, so, baby. Can't forget Dusty Rhodes. I mean, you can't. You know, I mean, he's just, not just WCW, but Dusty's like every rep. There's wrestling in general throughout the decades. Yeah, but w- WCW was, I mean. I like WCW. I never thought it would succeed. I, I never thought it would fail as horribly as it did. But I mean, it, it failed. I mean that that that's the true definition of, of killing a company right there. Well, well, to me, I mean, the best time in wrestling was from '95 till maybe you know, like oh, I'll say '95 to '01. Oh yeah, because you had these three companies with. East along with you know ECW, WCW, WWF, and they were at they were at their best at all times because they were competing against each other. And I think the downfall was with the ECW going on to business and WCW going on to business. So WWF didn't have competition anymore, and then they got you know they got, got lazy. Yeah, they got lazy and uh, and then soft, you know. And uh, S A W F T soft. Yep, they did. And that was the downfall to me of, of, of wrestling. And, you know, and it's funny because 
we're in a time now wrestling is not hot not in the mainstream it's not hot it's it, it I think it tries to be some you know like ESPN's covering it a little bit so it's trying you know but not as hot as it was like in the Attitude Era it'll never be that big well I've never seen ever but you know I, I mean a lot of people never probably thought after the Hulkamania days and the rock and wrestling days wrestling would be popular again and it was you know, that, you know when the Attitude Era emerged and to me I think that was bigger time than the Hulkamania during the peak of Wrestlemania and all that stuff I think you know the Attitude Era was the biggest era ever in wrestling um, and just wrestling in general because you had the Attitude Era the NWO with WCW and ECW and all that but now you know we're in a time where we have other avenues of wrestling, but they're not at the same level. As if you, you know, because you have WWE, you know, and then you have TNA, which is not competition, you know, but it's and it's there. You have Ring of Honor, you know, you have Lucha Underground, and then you even within WWE you have NXT, this alternative um, that's not like WWE, but it is a WWE product, but and it's an alternative. So you have these, you have a lot of wrestling to watch and different avenues to go down because Lucha is totally different from Impact. It's totally different from Raw. Totally different from NXT. Um, it's the indie darling that TNA could never be. Yeah. Um, so you have all these, you know, wrestling organizations out there because Lucha is totally different than. You know, it's a different, it's like a movie within wrestling, kind of, and, um, or a TV show, whatever. Um, you know, Impact's just trying, you know, trying, but still not there. Ring of Honors, you know, I think better product than Impact, or TNA Impact Wrestling. Uh, and you have, you have NXT, which is a great show, you know, and it's, it has an identity on its own, uh, then its company that owns it, this parent company. Um, and so you got the Cruiserweight Classic, even though that's, you know, just even that in general, you know, so you have a lot of different, you know, things, which is a good time for wrestling now because you have a lot happening. It's just not as big as it was. It's not as, you know, but still you have a lot, you know, uh, I mean, I think my, you know, like kind of sleeper to me the two sleeper hits are like Lucha and NXT. Oh, Lucha's the best yeah. wrestling on TV right now, in my opinion. But, you know, um, but, you know, like I said, once they, you know, close the doors on WCW, even though it was terrible for two years before, you know, that's, uh, wrestling started like getting, you know, you know, kind of soft and just like, you know, no one, you know, it's like the Attitude Era ended, you know, and then they, there was this direction, they they were kind of direction, they seemed directionless after that. They were trying, he goes, there's no more Austin, no more Rock, they're trying to find their next big thing, you know, and the next big thing wasn't Brock Lesnar. No, uh, the next big thing is always where you least suspect it. Yeah. I mean, Cena became their guy, it seemed like, right after that. Um, it took a couple of years, but, but you know, he became, it was between Batista and Cena. Um, 
You know, uh, I was more I'm more Batista fan. I think what hurt Batista was he got hurt a lot, and I think they felt well. They also put him on SmackDown. They put Cena on Raw, and they I think they felt this could be our guy because I think they tried it with Orton and it didn't work, and they tried it with Lesnar and it didn't work. Um, but I think they were like, okay, let's go with Cena, and it, you know, obviously did work because. He's like the longest reigning, as far as like guy on top, their top guy. Because if you look at, you know, Hogan was roughly eighty four to ninety two, you know, Brett was like ninety two to ninety five, you know, and Diesel was that one year ninety five, and Sean was like ninety six to ninety seven, and he had Austin pretty much like ninety eight to oh one or whatever, and Rock was kind of in in the middle there with. 99 to 02 or something and Cena's been their top guy since like 05 to now still really um and that's over 10 years um being a top guy you know top guy it's the longest time you know to to, to keep keep it on someone as like this is a, this is our star yeah you know? I mean I can see him now becoming less of their big star and that's why they're trying to like okay we got to we got to try somebody new. We got to try, you know, Reigns and, and Reigns. You see where that's going, and you know, they're they Finn Balor was their go-to guy, I think, but then he got hurt, you know. And I mean, it's still not too late for him when he comes back, but um, but who knows? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. If wrestling will never be what it was. I don't foresee that. Not like you said. Not, I, I don't foresee it. Yeah, don't foresee not, it back not, then either, though. Yeah, not not in the next twenty years or ten, you know. But you never know. I mean, you never know what could happen. Um, you know, um, I think it's kind of like tried everything it could like to get because the when it first was big, it was big with the kids. It was the big with the eighties because it was with GI Joe and Transformers and all that stuff that you know kids liked back then. And then during the WCW, ECW, WWF, you know, Attitude Era, that was for the wrestling for adults, kind of, young adults, young male adults and stuff, and they went with the, you know, more R-rated kind of stuff, and now it's trying to go back to the kids, so it's like, it's either going to make kids happy or adults happy, and, you know, it's like, you know. Kids buy the toys. Yeah, so now they're going back to the kids, but it's like, I don't know, right? it's... It's hard to say if it'll ever be big as it was, but I think one thing we'll agree on though is we miss WCW. Yeah, I do. I do miss it. Um, I miss any, you know, and like these other organ, you know, I, and I, you know, I rip on TNA and but because it just is bad. TNA sucks. It does, but I don't want them to suck. I want them. I want there to be competition. I want someone to give WWF or WWE run for its money. Because they, they keep doing things like the final deletion, they're gonna overtake them. I know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but yeah, like when I miss WCW because WCW gave WWF and ECW fuel to be better, and you know, and you need you need competition. You do you need competition, and there really has there hasn't been competition since '01, and. You know, since they, you know, because 
you know, TNA is not is definitely not competition. You know, no. Lucha's its own animal. That's not competition. Ring of Honor, it's you know, that's not competition. You know, it's not you know, it's like and then they're making their own alternative. They're like, well, we'll make NXT and we'll make it different and we'll you know, for people will watch this and you know, and they won't watch, you know, the other shows, you know, like so so they're making their you know, but they don't you know, and they're doing these brand extensions, but it's not competition. It's you know, it's fake competition. It's a, you know, yeah, they need they need a you know, I think and that's what made wrestling big and popular again in the nineties was it got so good people couldn't look away because they were doing things to compete with each other. But yeah, so I do miss, you know, I miss it because you know, it brought the best out of wrestling and everyone was happy. I know I was. Yeah, I was too. Well, I guess we've talked about all we can yeah. about W's. Well, not all we can. We could do at least, a, yeah, hundreds of shows about this topic. But yeah, we're gonna close this one out. I'm gonna, like I said, we're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna be back. Uh, we're gonna play a little plug here from uh, Zach James talking about the upcoming PWP indie show here in Omaha, Nebraska, that's gonna feature Al Snow on October 1st. But uh, um, we'll be back again here in about a week to talk about all the happenings and goings on of, you know, the wonderful world of professional wrestling. I might even watch a TNA episode to discuss it. There you go. Probably not, though. No. Well, I don't have anything more to add to you. Uh, no, just uh, another cheap plug. Check out the sleazebox.com, my movies, and then, um, you know, and you know if you, if you like twisted sleazy horror you like my films so check them out but you know just you know and and, and tune in next time uh the pipe uh, you know ah somebody else fucked up all right yeah i, I couldn't get it right i called it uh, yeah phenomenal pipe bomb podcast there you go it's it's a complicated name fans keep the the triple p oh that works better triple p Triple P. Maybe Triple next week we'll even take some questions from the fans. So there you go. That sounds good. Yeah. With that, we will leave you, and we'll see you guys uh, here in about one week. All right, everybody, and we're back, and I am here joined for the last part of our show with Zach James from PWP Wrestling here, PWP Live Wrestling here. Uh, they have got a show coming up on October 1st. If you're in the Midwest, this is in Omaha, Nebraska, at the Waiting Room. And it is going to feature former ECW, SMW, uh, TNA, and WWE superstar Al Snow. And we are here. We're going to talk a little bit about it. Uh, can you give us a rundown of the show, uh, what fans can expect if it's their first time out, what they can see? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thing about PDP Live, especially at the waiting room, is that the production is just over the top. Um, if you've ever been to a independent wrestling show before, uh, you may have been in a uh, armory or a bingo hall or something like that where it's kind of dirty, dungy, and uh, you know just not anything like what you'd expect that you'd see on TV or anything like that. Waiting room is completely different. It's an intimate location. Uh, you are right there in the action, basically. Um, but yeah, the lights, the sounds, the videos, the glitz, the glam, um, and of course the awesome wrestling action what are some of the matches we have we got any of the card we can announce 
Um, or are we still working on that? Is it still subject to change, so to speak? <laughs> Uh, I don't know what has all been announced at this point. Um, I believe nothing has been. Nothing yet. Nothing, um, except for Al Snow is going to be there. No, um, yeah. That I was believe, enough to make me go and buy my ticket that you night. You know, and I, I, I think that's a damn good reason to go see it. Um, uh, I'll be there. Um, I do know that a couple of the younger guys, uh, Dalton Lee Roth, uh, just turned on his tag team partner, the Karaoke King Purple. Um, they will be having a grudge match, um, which is always fun. Uh, Dalton Lee Roth is kind of uh, this kid. Uh, he's definitely not old enough to remember it, but he looks like he is straight from the hair band um, era. Uh, he definitely has that persona about him. Um, you know, a- after turning on his taxi partner, Purple, the Karaoke King, uh, Karaoke King, he is. He, he well, obviously he sings karaoke, right? There's nothing but, wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Actually, it's awesome. He, the crowd loves it uh, when he sings karaoke because big karaoke screen comes on, um, and everyone sings along with him. It's always a fun time, especially when he's out there. Um, and they, they also love to hate Dalton, which is awesome. Uh, just this, the crowd, dy- the crowd dynamic at the waiting room is just amazing. Now, I know a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of people like myself. Kind of, I was, I used to be a little snobby to the indie wrestling. You know, my son's a. Everybody knows that we kind of started this because my son's a big wrestling fan. I had quit watching it for quite some time, and then he got mm-hmm. into it, and then you know that brought me back. It doesn't take long to get back into it. Nah. And uh, you know, I had never gone to an indie show, so we, you know. Went to the, of course, we go to the Monday Night Raws. We were going to NXT here in a few weeks, and we went to an indie show, and and we really liked it. So I'm not, I really enjoyed it. You know, I like the intimate atmosphere and all that. So uh, one of the things uh, about these shows, and and I know your show, even though uh, people listening, they know the waiting room is like a like a lounge, like a bar. But uh, I've seen the uh, videos where uh, very family friendly. You know, a lot of a lot of kids seem to go to your shows. Yeah, actually, it, it's surprising, even especially when we have a. A show at a bar, you know. Um, we started out um, in Council Bluffs um, and all these family-friendly locations, and so we've we've always tried to uh, incorporate that atmosphere still wherever we go. Uh, this is the first time we're actually at a. I mean, not. This is our first venue that actually has a bar, really, um, that we've been going to regularly, um, and it actually works out very well. I mean, the staff is very professional. Um, uh, the crowd is amazing. I mean, we don't we don't get the stereotypical drunk crowd that's like, oh, I can wrestle. Uh, no, everyone's really relaxed. Everyone has a great time. Uh, they chant, they cheer, they get really loud. Um, the kids love it. Um, I, my kids go to it, you know. Um, they have a great time. Uh, they love wrestling nights, and they they are able to just go there and boo the bad guys. They love booing the bad guys. I think even more than uh, cheering the good guys. But man, they they have a great time. They really do. Oh my! So first thing my son asked, he's like, "We got I gotta find out who to make a sign for." So, like, okay, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna find that out for you, son. Uh, but yeah, see, and everybody that listens, you know, that's been listening to the movie Graveyard now, phenomenal pipe bombs knows that my son is a he he gets to watch some of the death matches and stuff like that. But uh, you know, uh, for those of you parents who don't let your kids watch that stuff or 
take him to see Deadpool like I took my son. <laughs> you know, they definitely, you know, these are, this is family friendly. You know, like they said, um, if people want to watch some of your stuff, where can they see it at? You know, we do actually have a YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash, or is that backslash, PWP Wrestling. Um, that is the only any kind of pseudo uh, social media that's actually called PWP Wrestling. Everything else, you find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff is PWP Live. Um, but yeah, PWP Wrestling, you can go there, uh, check out some cool stuff. In fact, actually, we have a, a little mini-series going on right now um, of some of our older matches. Um, it's called Before the CWC, um, which obviously the CWC is the Cruiserweight Classic. I, you know, when I was discussing this the, the last few weeks, are you a fan of that? Oh, I love it. I can't get into it, and I don't know why. I've always oh, been really? a fan of. I've always. I am a big. You know, first and foremost, I love Lucha Libre. I love J Cup, all that, and I just can't get into the Cruiserweight. I think it's Daniel Bryan's voice that just gives me a headache. I like it. I like. I like it uh, because of the awesome wrestling on it. You're seeing stuff on WWE TV that you've never seen before. You know, like. The last thing, the only thing that can compare to it is early uh, WCW Nitros with their cruiserweight division and all that fun stuff with Malenko and Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, you know, uh, I really enjoy the CWC, but I mean to go into it, I mean, thing about PWP is that we've been around for oh man, it's over eleven years now, so we've had a lot of people coming come in and. Uh, uh, do some work for us, and uh, well, there there's three guys in the CWC that have wrestled at PWP. And, and who are those? Who are those three guys? Oh, okay. So Arya Davari, which who was in the first round, didn't make it out of it. He was um, just wasn't he just on Raw? Didn't he fight on Raw this week? What I I don't know. I, I thought he I, did. I, I can't seen it. Maybe just outside smoking if he did or not. Uh, <laughs> um. Anyways, Ari Davari has been—he's uh, Sean Davari's brother, if if that's a name that, rec- uh, that anyone remembers. Yes, I but, do remember that name. Aria, though, really cool guy. Um, I've known him ever since he first started, um, and he's really improved throughout the years, like over and over and over again. He's a very phenomenal wrestler now. It's amazing how great he is. Um, another wrestler that was on um, CWC that we had at PWP was Akira Tozawa, um, which he's a Dragon Gate guy, you know. Um, he just had a show, or he just had a match that he lost, unfortunately. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't caught up yet. Uh, um, now I don't need to watch it. I don't need I'm to listen sorry. to Daniel Bryan put me to sleep. <laughs> and then uh, the third guy that was in the CWC that PWP has hosted is uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Who's kind of a big deal at the point at this moment? Like, huge. Everyone loves Zack Saber Jr. right now. I just, I'm. I think my fear is that I'm going to get into this, and at the very end, it's going to be the last match. Triple H is going to come in and hit somebody with a sledgehammer and take the oh. title. I just have uh, this fear of, of. I just always every time I even watch NXT or time I watch NXT, it's like. I just know this fucker's gonna come out here one of these times and just do something. So I, I always watch my stuff in fear. There's two Triple H's. 
there's the Triple H on Raw and SmackDown who comes in and he's a dirty, nasty heel corporate type, right? Then you have NXT where he's the father figure of all these people, so he's obviously a good guy. So it's it's really weird. You can't really watch NXT and then watch WWE uh, like Raw and SmackDown and then think that's the same guy. No, it's two different people, I swear. <laughs> I don't trust it. <laughs> NXT Triple H and WWE Triple H. So Now you watched the, the Raw match with the Universal Championship. Uh, are we talking about the pay-per-view one or the no, the one that was just on Monday, the big four-way? Yes. Now, do you yes. think now this is this is a prediction that I made, fans, earlier in the show? I re- I want to see what your take is. Do you think he turned on Rollins because he's tired of his Rollins constantly hugging and groping his wife? Because she looked pretty. Stephanie looked pretty concerned when you know he hit the pedigree on him. That could be a theory. I mean, that's, uh, that's all I can say. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I honestly am looking forward to seeing Seth Rollins versus uh, Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah, so am I. I think that'll be fantastic. Now, let me ask you a question. Because you're also a wrestler yes. for, the, for the company here that we're talking about, and you're um, indie wrestler. Yep. And, uh, and everybody, I get tired of this, and I've been for two weeks now, I've been defending him, so now I got perfect person to ask. Everybody's like, oh, that's Seth Rollins. That damn, that damn indie wrestler. He's hurting everyone. Now, I'm not a trained wrestler. I still say Finn Balor was not supposed to stretch his arm out in that move. I still think, still say that Finn on that powerbomb fucked it up and hurt himself. But my theory is that Rollins is not a sloppy indie wrestler. He's just got a harder style. And they, the people he's hurting are, they just can't go with him, so to speak. I what is your would take on agree that? with you on that. Actually, uh, if you notice, uh, there was there's kind of like a in uh, a line in the timeline of all these guys that are coming in. Um, you know, I, I guess we could say it started with uh, CM Punk. So CM Punk came in. Um, that was Rocky, and then all of a sudden he blew up, and they're like, "Okay, this could work. Let's bring in another one." So they get Daniel Bryan in. Daniel Bryan comes in like, okay. You know, but both CM Punk and both and, and Daniel Bryan, you know, it took a little bit of time for them to get into their stride at the WWE and then for them to actually be accepted and actually be able to do what they love to do, their style that they want to do. So that opened up the door for people like Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has always been balls to the wall, go as fast as you possibly can, uh, you know, crazy action, uh, every every match is a pay-per-view match, you know, uh, that, 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 that's that's one of the things, pay-per-view style, you know, mm-hmm. pay-per-view style is, you're going to lay in, you know, I'm, I'm going to hit you hard, I'm sorry, it's pay-per-view style, uh, it, it, it's the better show, you know, and so Seth Rollins is one of the best wrestlers out there right now, oh, hands because down. Every match is WrestleMania to him. You know, he goes out. He does his thing, you know, and people like him for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always been that way. I, you know, he, 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 seeing him wrestle um, on a show uh, in front of maybe 20 people or something like that, he's going to put just as much effort as if it's 
20,000 people. You know, he's going to go out there. He's going to have a great match because uh, he, he, he knows he's really good and he wants to show it off. He's going to prove that he's a very good wrestler. And, yeah, I mean, it, I I don't know if he's necessarily sloppy. It, it's more of a... I, I don't know. I mean, let's look who he's hurt. Okay, he hurt Sting. Sting's an old man. Yes. Like Sting, Sting was washed. Sting was lazy in WCW. I'm not going to yes. lie. I really thought he was lazy in WCW. When he started that Crow gimmick, he was lazy. So he's just broken down. Yeah. Um, Cena. I mean, that's just a fluke. Cena's had his nose busted a handful of times. It, so have I. It, oh, he kind it of gets more face. fragile, I mean, you know? It's just an accident. And Balor, I'm going to say it again. If it, and I've watched it a hundred times. When he throws Balor, Balor untucks his arm and leaves it hanging out there when he hits. I think he dropped... I think he was trying to put his weight at the top of the barricade, and he slipped. I think that's what happened. At least that's what it looked like to me. Um, and so he tried catching himself, and his shoulder didn't like that. So, I mean, it's it just uncer- it, it, just a series of unfortunate events, really. And you got to feel bad for, for Balor, who really should have been called up almost a year ago. Uh, I, uh, I think they did really good with him. I mean, they needed to make sure there was plenty of people in NXT, because NXT is more of a brand now. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's still developmental, but, I mean, they're touring. Yeah, they're be, come on. Well, you're going, aren't you? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, there. We have I'm our there. tickets. I got, I got the $40 bowl tickets. How about you? Um, I went to cheap sheet seats, because... Uh, there is a vendor, a little Mexican vendor, um, in the corner of the uh, what is it called, the Ralston the arena, arena. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have cheap beers, gotcha. and I want to drink a lot of them. So I got the cheap seats in that section, right in front of that vendor, um, high enough that I just take a few steps, and there I am, beer. See, <laughs> our logic is, my son, like I like I said, you know, he's seven, so. Say we got fourth row. Yeah. Well, obviously he can't see because there's three rows of people in front of him. So we got the first. We're on that very first set of riser there in the bowl. So he's in the very first one looking down, so to speak. So that's how we did. You know, I was lucky enough to get the the, the main rows for Monday Night Raw here in the front. But for this one, I I was stuck down. I'd have been in row eight. I was like, okay, my kid won't be able to see when everybody stands up. So we'll just do the bowl seat. <laughs> And he no, kinda, the, he he's just anxious. He's really hoping that Shinsuke Nakamura will be here. That's his, that's his guy. Okay, so a year. This is right before Shinsuke got uh, brought in. I guess it was earlier this year. We were gonna go down to uh, Ring of Honor in Chicago because they were gonna have their new Japan show, and I'm like, we have to go. I need to see Shinsuke for myself. I want to see this so bad. And then he gets he gets uh, the call and he gets a deal with NXT. I'm like, are you serious? I ended up not going. <laughs> is he? I, I don't was, know. I don't even know what the card is for NXT. No idea. No idea. But with him as a champion, I I, I kind of assume it's it's not like an armory show in middle of nowhere Florida. So well, see, they do I, A and B shows. So are I'm thinking for our prices, we're getting an A show because oh, my, it, my friend went to a B show and he only paid like thirty bucks for ringside. So this has oh, to be an A show. Where was the B show at? They were both in Florida on the same night. They had yeah. like 
there was like one town got this show and ironically I have two friends out there and so they, they went to the B show where my other friend Chris who I do this show with he got an A show so yeah. he's watching Samoa Joe he's watching Finn Balor and my other friend is watching like people that aren't even on TV yet <laughs> yeah no as far as I know B shows do not leave Florida they, they're in high school gymnasiums and stuff like that what did you when you watch you watched the takeover then uh, two weeks ago right Yes. What what was your favorite match on it? Oh, you know, I could easily say it was Samoa Joe and uh, Sinsuke, I guess. See, mine was uh, that tag match. The tag was okay. So we're we're talking um um we're talking the revival. Yeah. And was that uh was that American Alpha or no? Who did they fight? Um, it's been too long. It was oh, the, old, the it, Gargano and uh, Champa. Yes, yes, it was the old school yes, match where he's, you know right. the ref didn't see this and uh, you know real '80s style. I got a bang out of that. Um, no, they they do that. They do the storytelling very well. Uh, the revival that is uh, Gargano and uh, 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 Johnny Wrestling or Johnny Wrestling and Gargano. Yeah. Gargano, I Ciampa. really like. Yeah, uh, Ciampa and oh man, they they're they know what they're doing. Um, they they are really good mix of every good thing about wrestling. Uh, they know how to tell a story. They know how to hit. You know, they know how to do this flashy stuff. They they have personalities. Um, they came up with that whole uh, uh, glorious bomb thing. You know, um, they're smart guys. They really are, and so they they. I think they'll do very well within uh, the WWE organization. I think uh, I love that Enzo and Cass got called up. I'm I won't lie to you. Like I am. That's the one time I'll openly admit I mark out is when Enzo <laughs> and Cass hit. I loved them in NXT. I, I wish that they would do some more like vignettes in WWE because you know I thought they're vignettes, especially like how they got to meet Carmel and everything. But uh, what? Why do you think they didn't bring Carmella up with them? Um, they don't need her. She needs them, though. Maybe so, but uh, I think we're seeing a new thing with Carmella. I think they're actually going to let her loose and let her do her own thing for once, because she's always been the female version of Enzo, right? Yeah, and I hate it, and she got no reaction. Yeah, it, well, by herself, at least. No, no. You know, um, she's always just been the female version of Enzo. And, I mean, she can't talk as well as Enzo, um, but she's still pretty good at it. I mean, I, I, I think that we're, they're trying something new with her and letting her do her own thing and then see how that goes. And so far, I mean, we really haven't seen too much yet, and maybe that's a good thing. Now that they've uh, turned her, I think we'll get maybe something a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's what I'm thinking, too. I mean, they're... It's going to be a much better story to tell, especially with uh, the people that they're, are there. I mean, she's going to have great matches with uh, Bliss and uh, Lynch is on the blue side, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, they, they there's a lot of uh, good things there that they can do, and there's going to be some really good matches. My favorite women's wrestler is Dana Brooke because I think she's the hottest thing on television. <laughs> I, I, I still haven't really gotten into her. Yeah, most people make fun of me for liking her, but you know she has retweeted me on several occasions. So well, obviously, that's she, like 
Well, plus I think she's gorgeous, and I always liked how Charlotte would push her out of the way. <laughs> no, um, I think I'm not quite there. So I'm not really sold on her yet, but I think I think she'll do well. I think I think they're sticking her with. Uh, I think they're sticking Dana with uh, Gals and Anderson now. She's the nurse. I don't know if they're gonna keep that going. I think that might have been a one-off just to do an intergender match, but uh, I would definitely keep Bailey with the New Day. I mean, she fit into that perfectly. Well, maybe that's a good thing because I mean, New Day has been doing the same thing for a while now. Much as I like them, and, and yes, it's true, I did actually buy an entire case of Budios collectability purposes. Nice. Um, they are. I don't want to say the gimmick's getting old, but it it needs something. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of the same thing now. But hey, I mean, people still cheer them. The people still buy their merchandise, and that's what counts, right? Hey, I bought a shirt. I bought a uh, unicorn light up horn gimmick here that you wouldn't saw. You went to Raw, right? I did not. Oh, I mean, the parking lot when we were leaving, everybody was blowing their horns. Don't, don't, don't. Really? Dump, dump. People were chanting "New Day Rocks" before the show even started. Wow. I mean, they're that, over oh, as I hell. It was raining like crazy that night, though. Yes, it, yeah, there were like uh, tornado warnings all around us. Yeah, I was like, uh, I wonder if the show's going to get uh, interrupted by some kind of power outage of sorts. But yeah, I guess I remember, that didn't happen. No, no, we were getting ready. We were going in. You know, we had just bought our whatever two hundred dollars worth of fucking merchandise, and I, I was like, God, it looks terrible outside. And I, I turn on my phone, and it's all like live interrupted by weather. There's a tornado here, tornado here, tornado here, and usually I kind of get like weather alert, and I was like, oh, time for all. And then when we left, I was like, God, it's a lot colder out here right now. Actually, you know what's funny is uh, we were I was out in Council Bluffs during the show. Uh, we went to the Applebee's, and who was there? Byron Saxton and uh, oh, oh man, uh, who was else? Who else was there? Oh, there's a couple announcers there, and I'm like, oh hey, I know who those guys are. Was it Bradshaw? No, not Bradshaw. Cole? No, not Cole. I like Cole. I yeah. I, I, I understand his purpose, so I don't hate on him like everybody. I hated JBL as a wrestler, like him as an announcer. Oh, you're the exact opposite of me. I liked him as a wrestler. I he, don't like him as an announcer, man. He 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 never he to me he never should have been a world champion. Maybe no, maybe not. The storyline was all right, um, or storylines that is. I mean, he was world champion a couple times, I think, right? Yeah, but his his matches with Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero was too talented to be. <laughs> you know, he's. He was able to reinvent himself completely. A couple of uh, times, actually. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I actually enjoyed his uh, stuff that he did. I mean, what was I? I just was watching a YouTube video yesterday when they were in Japan. He got shot with a tranquilizer dart, so he fought a blow-up Godzilla. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, uh, yeah, find that. It's It's hilarious. I will check that out. No, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind if in his prime. I think he would have had a good match with Lesnar. I think he would have beat the shit out of Lesnar, to be honest with you. JBL? Yeah, in real life, I think JBL would have killed Brock Lesnar. The the NCAA heavyweight champion, Brock yeah. Lesnar? I watched Brock Lesnar's something, UFC. Something, something. <laughs> I, wa- I watched Brock Lesnar's UFC fight. See, he didn't do all too well. Oh, well, 
I don't know. I mean, JBL is a tough guy, but... Man, uh, Brock Lesnar's a beast, man. Uh, what'd you think of that match with him and Orton? Um, I really wish they wouldn't have done the thing right before that with uh, Rusev. That that Rusev-Roman Reigns thing kind of drained the... It had no purpose being that. Those two things had no purpose closing the show. You know, if... if that never ha- if that would have been scrapped all together and it wasn't shown at all and then we went right into Randy Orton and uh, Brock Lesnar ah that would have been insane that would have been insane but I'm like oh two non-finishes really I mean yeah. technically yeah Brock Lesnar won whatever TKO but I, it wasn't the same we just saw a non-finish so I don't know it was really weird Plus, no one was going to top the AJ Cena fight. Yeah, okay, so you pair Cena with someone that's really good. You're going to get a really good match. Uh, Cena is very good at what he does, and he basically accentuates someone, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you take a subpar guy, you put him with Cena, and you're going to have a good guy. Uh, you put in a phenomenal guy with John Cena, you're going to have something undescribable. So, yeah, no... A lot of people want to hate on John Cena. No, John Cena. I like John. It's amazing how many people just are like, oh, I'm sick and tired of John Cena. Oh, blah, 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 blah. No, John Cena knows what he's doing. He sells a lot of merchandise. He does a lot of good work. His Uh, new shirt looks just like a Paps Blue Ribbon logo. Yeah. uh, By the way, if you haven't seen the Eric Cannon Mm -mm. t-shirt, it's hilarious because it's almost identical to John Cena's. Um, but the reason why Eric Cannon did that is because he's actually sponsored by Paps. Nice. <laughs> so he's the official uh, Paps professional wrestler. And, um, yeah, so his his stuff is hilarious. I mean, like, uh, oh, and congrats to uh, Eric Cannon, number 301 on the PWI. And it specifically states uh, how he was uh, the PWP champion in that year, so I'm not saying that uh, he's uh, in the PWI because of the uh, PWI. That's, that's exactly how I'm reading it. But if, if it does specifically state that he was the PWP champion in the PWI, so it, it definitely did not hurt. I'll say that. No, wait, wait, we'll get away from WWE there, but uh, I just kind of wanted your take on the Rollins thing, and then, you know, WWE is such a, you know, it's a universe, so your talk goes on about that, but... Oh, of course. If people want to buy your, um, you, do you have videos? Yes, uh, there there are DVDs of, um, of the shows, uh, uh, PWPLive.net. Remember the .net part. Um, not .com, people. Not .com, because some... I think some weird Hindi site has that. I don't know. Uh, PWPLive.net. Uh, there's a shop section over there. You can see a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, you can get DVDs of, like, uh, uh, there's a show with Sky Too Hotty, uh, a show with Bob Holly, Hardcore Bob Holly, um, show with uh, Colt Cabana. That's the one that I'm waiting for, <laughs> fans. Yes. Uh, Actually, they just sold out of that, so I guess they're waiting for a new shipment to come. <laughs> see that? See, Corey G, like his movie reviews, he picks the ones that people want. See? <laughs> yes. No, that that show is awesome, actually. Uh, if um, Once they come back in, I do suggest that one. Uh, I just so happen to have an awesome uh, 
a street fight on Benson Street, mind you. Um, Benson Street, Maple Street, in Benson. Um, it's it, a tough it, neighborhood. Literally, yeah, we literally stop traffic, fighting. Uh, I get uh, by slammed on the sidewalk and all that fun stuff, and it kind of hurt. And I went through a table, and yeah, it was a lot of. It was a hard hitting match. Let's just say that I was uh, pretty uh, hurt afterwards. And if, if fans, if if if, you, if the dot net is confusing you, maybe I can talk to the PWP. I'll oh, just ask you now. Would you like me to? To put a link to your site on our page. That would sound. That sounds awesome. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna put you right underneath my movie reviews. But yeah, I mean, if you want to find us all over the social media places, uh, PDP Live is the easiest way to look it up. Facebook. And it's easy to remember, fans. P. Yeah, like, PDP you, Live. You want to look me up? You gotta go 1980s movie. <laughs> all you gotta do goes here. PWPLIVE. Yep. Dot net. Dot net. That's the that's the kicker, fans. Dot, dot net. net. Haven't seen a dot net in a while, right? Dot net. It's it's a throwback, if you will. Yeah, because this is is this old school wrestling or new school wrestling? This is everything in between. I mean, you have it's such a good variety. I mean, you've got all these big guys, you got these little guys, you've got everyone in between. You've got hard hitting. You've got uh, people diving out of the ring. I mean, you have phenomenal tag teams like a. Uh, the Grease Pit or Guns and Beer. Um, you've uh, got... But Guns and Beer, that's Duke Cornell, the eye patch wearing dude, right? Yeah, Duke Cornell and Darren... Yeah, Duke Cornell, he's he's awesome, actually. He's a big dude. Uh, he's, a, he's a big dude, straight shooting guy, fella. Let's say fella. Uh, not not in the Irish way, but in the old country western... Way, old west. Yeah, country Feller. Feller, how about that? Okay. Guns and Beer, uh, Duke Cornell, of course, eyepatch wearing guy, Feller. Um, and then Darren Moonshine Russell. That Moonshine. It's like his uh, spinach when he's Popeye or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> kind of like, like the Sandman. So, yeah, yeah. Only yeah. more hardcore because he's drinking shine. He, he's got. Beer. He's got the big old uh, what, uh, curvass. Uh, what, what, it's like a bucket, you know? Of moonshine. See the fans. Those no, old jugs. I'm, I'm like CM Punk. I'm straight edge, so I don't know those alcoholic shenanigans. Oh well. I won't be rooting for those fellers. <laughs> well, guns and beer. Uh you know you gotta look at the alternative though. You got the Daniels Brothers and the Grease Pit. You you see these guys. You just look at them and go, oh, I don't like those guys. <laughs> All you gotta do is just look at them. And they're like, no, that's. But they can lose now because they're really assholes. If that's okay to say on here. Oh, I've said fuck nine times already. Oh, okay. Well, then that's that type of show. Uh, no. Uh, not safe no. for work, just like the label says when you download nice. it. Nice. Um, no, no. It, it, guns and beer. Um, going against. Uh, they have been going against the uh the current PDP tag team champions. Uh, the grease pits. With the Daniels brothers, which is uh, uh, Joey and Paul, uh, they've been they've been like a mainstay tag team off and on in PAP since the beginning. Um, but yeah, they they come out of the uh, Hinton, Iowa area, which is some small little town in uh, near Sioux City, I guess. 
but apparently it's hilarious. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, they're hilarious. Uh, they're, they're very entertaining, even though they're assholes. Uh, but Guns and Beer are always entertaining uh, with Duke Cornell and Darren Moonshine wrestle. I'm an entertaining asshole, I've been told. So, you know, hey. Then you have something in common. Yeah, I'm going to have to make a sign for them. There you go. <laughs> Not for the guns and beer. I can't, we can't condone the alcohol fans. <laughs> what about the guns part? I'm okay with that. Okay, there you go. Just just go with the gun side of things. That should work for you. Uh, uh, what else? We got with PDAP, we've got uh, the PDAP champion, who is uh, Brandon Juarez, the Dundee Strangler. That's Strangler. a great name. Right? That is. That's oh, an awesome name. Big dude coming in gonna destroy you you know he's gonna keep his title uh of course hot Gotti. um i guess they call him the uh pdp icon or something like that um i, I think he, he's got a little bit of an ego you know a little bit that's an understatement no hot Gotti's hot Gotti. uh if you know who hot Gotti is uh he uh he's got a mind of his own he tells it how it is he's gonna come in he's gonna wrestle and you know have a good time doing it I check in on his tweets every now and again. Enter- entertaining guy. Yeah, no, he, he's he's in for a fun time. Um, what else? We got the presidential candidate, Pat Powers, running for president. Uh, I think he's insane. Uh, I've wrestled him quite a few times, um, and he honestly believes that he is in contention to win the presidency. Which uh, I have not seen any news on him at all besides his own commercials. Hey, you know what? If Bob Backlund couldn't do it, I don't know. You know, I don't. I, yeah, uh, if Bob Backlund can't do it, I, I don't know. He he actually kind of reminds me of Bob Backlund. You know, um, very very over the top, if you will, as Pat Powers. Uh, I love Bob Backlund. Life coach Backlund. Life coach Backlund. You know, Bob Backlund's Bob Backlund. He's either some kind of uh, political candidate or he's a life coach. I mean, he's always over the top, uh, just like Pat Bowers. <laughs> um, oh, we've got the uh, PWP Rising Phoenix champion um, who actually took the belt from me. Big guy named Cuco Santiago. He's a very big guy. Comes out with these masks um, and a suit. I... I, yeah, he wrestles in a suit. It's actually kind of entertaining. Big guy, though. Uh, he comes in, smashes people. Uh, he took me out for a few months, actually. Um, but yeah, he's very hard-hitting, and he'll put you down and raise championship belts over his head. Bastard. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun, uh, especially with Al Snow coming in. Uh, Al Snow, awesome. I'm, I can't wait. Now, are you guys doing a show in September, or is our next one going to be October October 1st at the Waiting Room Lounge? October 1st is the next show. Um, taking September off, um, it, it's we got to get ready for this big show. So we wanted a little extra time for it. So, um, But yeah, no, uh, such a big show. Um, a lot of people are getting involved, which is great. Um, tickets have been going very well, actually. I got um, mine the first night. Yeah, which was very smart. I, I just heard that CD Trade Post needs some more CD Trade Post on 84th and Giles. Fantastic establishment. Fans. <laughs> uh, they they uh, are running out, so we need to get some more for them. Uh, so yeah, they do have tickets. Of course, etix.com has them. 
Hopefully I can get in the front row. Uh, if you want front row, I do suggest uh, be there by 7. Um, because we, we don't do the whole assigned seating. Um, we kind of like a first come, first serve type situation. Well, that's for the common people, but, you know, for the 1980s movie graveyard phenomenon, <laughs> you'll, you'll let us in the back door, right? We, we can find a back door somewhere, I'm sure. Okay, that it's a bar. It's got to be a back door. I mean, you, typically, right? Yeah. Um, uh, what else is it going to say? Oh, uh, com has them. Uh, one thing that uh, that is going on, we do suggest getting your tickets ahead of time uh, because they are $10 in advance, but they're going to be 13 at the door. Um, so definitely want to pick them up uh, early before the show. Um, but yeah, there's eTix and there's also the CD Trade Post location that has them. Because say like five people go, and your yes. party is five people. You yes. buy them in advance, you're saving $15. Exactly. That can get you a DVD and something to drink. Of course. In, in, you're on a later lounge, you know, you, you, you might want a beer or two or eight. Or, uh, you know, I'll probably have a soda. <laughs> I, I will. Ha- I will have the beer. I'll have a Red Bull if they have it there. They might Man, have that. Fans know I'm an energy drink junkie. There you go. Blessed with the uh, or cursed, I should say, with the low caffeine tolerance. Low caffeine tolerance. Yes, I can drink 60 ounces of Red Bull and still take a nap. Jeez, Man. I would be. I'd be running around the block for like an hour. No, nope, I literally drink them and I'm still tired. I would hatch so many eggs on Pokemon Go. <sighs> fans Tonight was pulling the curtain back like I always do. Fans Tonight was an open house at my son's school, and you know I always help out at those. And yeah, they also have them. Beware, parents or first-time parents. They have book fairs at open houses. They have Pokemon encyclopedias this year. Pokemon rate me of another fifty bucks tonight. Oh gosh, a hundred and fifty? No, just fifty. Oh, oh, I thought you said. Well, still fifty bucks. Still fifty bucks. Still. Is that is that a uh, inci- a whole encyclopedia? Well, he got like three different books, so. But they're all Pokemon. But the one is yeah, like the guide of who all the Pokemon thingy-majiggies are. <laughs> and uh, Pokemon I'm a comic book nerd. I'm not a game nerd, so I like video games, but I don't know the card games and all that stuff. And I've never really been into the Japanimation, so uh, it's all new to me. But I, you know, I play it with him. But uh, this is one obsession that uh, I'm a little clueless on. <laughs> well, there's 150 of them originally, and then there's 18.6 billion of the rest of them. So. I do have a giant, Good luck. I have a Poliwhirl in my car. I've had him in every car I've owned for the last 15 years just because I think he's neat looking because he has like a hypno thing on his stomach. So yes. that's my knowledge of Pokemon. Actually, I just learned this. There are tadpoles with that swirl on them, and that's what Poliwhirl is uh, designed after. That's my useless trivia of the night. Thank you. I don't have any useless trivia tonight, fans. I uh, I really don't. Except watch that movie Evils in the Night, which I just did throw a review up for. That's a uh, softcore porn horror science fiction movie where the vampire aliens come down to get the blood from teenagers having sex. Vinegar Syndrome. Definitely check that one out. Because it's, cause it's that's awesome. Best blood? No, I'm, I'm trying to... Why, why, why do they have to just have sex to get the the blood from them. No, when they're having sex, they're easier to, to capture. 
Oh, well, okay, that makes more sense. It's it's more of a convenience thing. Yeah, because they set up their fake hospital in the woods where all the kids are having sex. Oh, nice. Definitely check that out, fans. <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome, one of our sponsors. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a great movie. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, check out the review, 1980s movie Graveyard. Check out PWP on pwplive.net. If you're in the Midwest, Waiting Room Lounge on October 1st. All the action from PWP and Al Snow. I'd like to thank Zach for coming on today. Hopefully he'll be back again sometime. Sounds good. And we will see you guys back here in just a little while. <laughs>